0: Hello and welcome to unabashed book snobbery, the podcast where we gush about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and to cry its foul adaptation, Game of Thrones. This is where being a book
1: snob is a good thing.
0: My name is Kylie, and here with me is Joya. Good morning, everyone. Or evening, or whenever you're listening to this.
1: Well, we're recording in the morning, okay? So we're cool yeah. like that
0: because uh, yeah, <laughs> I got some pretty sweet iced coffee from Wawa, so I'm I'm happy, ready to go. It was mint flavored,
1: mint flavored coffee, like mocha mint. It was really good. Mm. Sounds yeah. like it has a lot of sugar.
0: It does. Yeah, I am raring to go. <laughs>
1: yeah, I am child free this weekend. Yay! <laughs> 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 All right
0: i'm happy for you (laughs) yeah so you know what else we are free of this weekend is talking about game of thrones let's
1: never talk about game of thrones ever again especially
0: in light of some Uh, more interviews where they're called stunning and brave for being the worst people in the
1: world uh,
0: let's praise them for not taking in criticism uh, we need
1: to find like a word other than critic to describe these people who write about this fanatics no they're not fanatics they're just people who write like they're in the pocket they're in the pocket of hbo i don't know what like 10 percent of them actually care about the show in any way so calling them fanatics is probably not appropriate either <laughs> just they're definitely not criticizing anything that's they're for sure definitely
0: not critics they're definitely not looking at I mean, the show i mean the there's such a thing eye. as
1: like you know being a critic with a positive opinion of something that's one thing but this is not even that it's just, this a is just... La-
0: it's actually a lack of critical thought. What's, 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 it, it's just PR. Crit-
1: it's, it's, it's like PR material. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. So they're marketing Yeah. people. Well, we'll, we'll think of a word for that. Uh But while our brains short circuits about mm-hmm. the quote unquote adaptation, instead today, we're going to be talking just about A Song of Ice and Fire. Yes. We're huge, huge fans of it. Um. Despite being huge, huge fans of it, there's, couple parts of the story (laughs) that we're not as compelled by.
1: Yeah, Uh, that's fair. Most
0: most notably the Ironborn. I would say Mm -hmm. this is the aspect of the story you and I are the least excited by in general.
1: I would say so. Yeah, definitely like in the in the like uh, series as a whole.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's really interesting because as you you guys know, Julia and I are not shy about how much we love Dorne. Mm -hmm. And that was a, you know, Quote unquote, newly introduced theater in A Feast for Crows, also. Yeah, so, so that's not the problem. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people love <sighs> the Ironborn and the Dornish together when talking about, like, oh, all those new characters. Yeah. They're like, uh, no. I mean,
1: there are some, like, similar- similarities between the two theaters, for sure. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But, um, yeah. <laughs> in other respects, they really couldn't be more different. Yeah, so this podcast is going to be focused
0: entirely on the Ironborn plotlines in A Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons, mm-hmm. excluding Theon's plotline because, um, kinda of think he's well he's like off and honestly he's worthy of his own analysis yeah. in and of itself and we Even we sort too. of view it separately. Yeah. He wasn't at the King's mood, okay? So if you're not <laughs> at the King's mood it doesn't count. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Asha Victorian and Aaron's chapters. And as a warning, although uh you might already know this if you've read the Ironborn chapters, uh we're gonna be talking about very heavy topics, yeah. especially rape, uh more rape forced servitude, thraldom, yeah. abuse, rape threats, rape culture, rape. And uh there's a lot of rape. Sexual abuse
1: of little kids. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's the ironborn. I mean, what has more rape, this or like Arya literally prancing through streets going rape rape, rapety, rape, 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 <laughs> rape. Uh, it was it's to a point in both cases, I yeah, think. Yeah, of course, but I'm just like there's a lot of rape.
0: I would say more so than Mercy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We actually won't be talking about any Winds of Winter uh, samples, though. I know there's that one Theon sample that's yeah. released. Well, that, that's that a Theon that w- thing, anyway. Yeah.
1: Even though Ash
0: yeah, is that's true. Ash is in it. Well, shit. <laughs> Spoil that, I guess, if you
1: didn't read the end of Dance of Dragons. Why well, are you um, listening to this podcast if you haven't read the end of Dance of Dragons? Unless, less like you intend to. I don't know. <laughs> No judgment! Okay.
0: Anyway, how we're going to structure this episode uh, It's just, there's um, ten Ironborn chapters total? Mm-hmm. Eight? Eight to ten? I forget. I want to say ten. Yeah, and we- we're just going to go through and do like kind of a high-level summary analysis of each chapter, then mm-hmm. we're going to be looking at character arcs specifically, and then we're going to clo- close out. We have a lot of asks. I think you guys secretly hate us, and you're like, haha, They're talking about the Ironborn, let's ask them everything. <laughs> So we actually, we have a, we have a fair amount of ask, so mm. hopefully it'll be a healthy discussion. Um, and we'll, you know, explain what we think Martin's going for and maybe why it is that even after a reread, I'm still not that interested. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm trying to be fair, but <laughs> I just, compared to every other plotline.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, shall we get started? We
0: Yes, why don't you kick us off by talking about the prophet.
1: Oh, the prophet, the very first chapter of Feast for Crows after the prologue, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, the prophet is Aaron Greyjoy, and he's, like, he had some kind of conversion experience, and he's a priest now. And so he he's participating in this ritual where he, like, literally drowns people and then resuscitates them.
0: Yeah, he gives them CPR.
1: Yeah. And- and brings them quote unquote back to life. Yeah, and it's it's all religious significance. But then these these people show up and they're like Pelon's dead. And one of them asks him to go to this castle of this one local lord. So he steals his poor kid's horse. <laughs> He's just like kind of epic, yeah. Well, it's kind of penis wavy. He's just like, look at me, I can steal people's horses, and um, I'm a Greyjoy.
0: It, it, by the way, I I I'm just gonna say this once: do yourself a favor and listen to Roy DeTrees perform as Aaron Greyjoy because. It's so awesome. His voice is like, "What rises again? What is dead not die,
1: but rises again." And it's like, it's. Just and he does wonderful. the same same kind of thing for the High Septon in uh, The Storm of Swords*. Yeah, he's like, "All men are weary of war."
0: I love I love it. And then and then what's really weird is his Victorian and Asha voices are exactly
1: the same. So but they have so much in common. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> So he goes to this castle of this, like, good brother guy, because, uh, they usually don't use the word term lord, they just call him, like, the good brother, right, like in the mountain mm-hmm. clans. Um, and so, um, this good brother dude tells him, basically, that, uh, his brother Euron has claimed the Seastone Chair, which is, like, the the throne of the Iron Islands, and so has Asha, and he's like, what's up, what should I do? And so, just after being like just a toad on so many levels for a while, uh, he leaves to go think about it, and he has like a nap or whatever. He goes to sleep, and then he <laughs> decides that the drowned god wants him to call a king's moot,
0: right? Because this whole thing is that you know he keeps thinking to himself, a, a godless man cannot sit the seastone chair. So yeah, he and he has Urhan is apparently godless. Yes. Yeah. So he doesn't like your And at Asha all. has a vagina. Yeah. So a woman can't lead the Iron Islands, so he has to. Rather than support Asha, where there'd be like maybe some legal precedent, mm-hmm. at least with the Greenland laws. Yeah, uh, yeah, he needs to call a King's move because he thinks Victarion, his his older brother, but it's the younger brother of mm-hmm. uh, Euron, is the only one to lead. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. That's that's that chapter. Um. Yeah. There's also these like great little details, mm-hmm. like. Aaron walks around drinking
1: fucking salt water. No, he's just like this man is completely unimaginative. Like he has no imagination whatsoever. And and he's his way of thinking is just so fixed. And he's a complete killjoy. It's there's He's just the most unpleasant character I think I've ever read.
0: (laughs) Aaron, he's also just, like, clearly making shit up that suits the religion as he sees it. So, like, Mm -hmm. uh, the sea has armed you, so now you must fight! Because, like, part of the ceremony of drowning these boys, he just hands them kugels, and he's like, yeah, go- or kugels, what is it? Cudgels? Cudgels. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of kugel, which is a Jewish dish.
1: (laughs) Sounds delicious.
0: (laughs) It's, like, noodly. But yeah, he hands them cudgels and he's like, go fight for the, because <laughs> you've been armed by the gods.
1: Yeah, I- no, you, just you, just you handed piece-
0: them pieces of driftwood. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, and so- he, he has this, like, obsession with, like, manliness and how suffering makes you manly. So he just, like, mm-hmm. walks around, like, in this, like, wintry uh, no- uh, Ireland analog. And, you know, he's got he's got gross feet because he doesn't wear shoes and things like that, and...
0: Yeah, his feet are like majorly deteriorating. Dry socks are really important to your well-being. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a recurring motif in his chapters is that he thinks, every time he thinks about Euron, or a lot of times he Mm -hmm. thinks about Euron, there's, he thinks about a creaking of a door. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be talking that.
1: Um, another thing I found interesting is the way that like, uh, Good Brother and all the lords kind of react to him. Like they, they seem to simultaneously revere him and kind of like, think that he's a crazy old codger
0: (laughs) yeah and he's interesting with them too where he's like oh you know stupid maesters and their greenland laws Mm -hmm. like he has contempt for everything that isn't iron islands yeah but because specifically
1: because it's unmanly yeah like that the the gender kind of implications of everything he says are very clear
0: yeah and then um i think it's in this chapter that he thinks back to before he like was reborn Mm quote-unquote where he used to like Walk around drinking and like whatever. pissing on hearth fires, <laughs> pissing on fires. Yeah, uh, he's a uh, he seemed like a good party guest, but then yeah. he was also quote unquote weak, and then apparently he's strong now. Yeah, and he's gonna get blood poisoning from those feet of his. But uh, like his his lens is pretty clear, but mm-hmm. I'd be lying if I said I found it inspired.
1: <laughs> well, he's so uninspired, you know. Like, that's what I mean. He's yeah, just so. It's just like the slog festival. Such, to tor- such to an unpleasant person. Yeah. He really is. Like, his, his like life is so, I don't want to say dreary, but I guess, you know, he just,
0: his, well, point, no, it's his literally dreary. He like walks around in like a loincloth
1: drinking salt water. He takes kind of, uh, great pride <laughs> in the, how dreary his life is, I think, but like, it's, it's not so much because, you know, of the it's it's because like he doesn't let anything challenge his point of view, yeah. And like when when the Maester was making like very good points, he just started yelling at him and ordering him to be silent. You know, just uh, I don't like this man. I don't want to be exposed to him.
0: What is he? He's like he's like a it's like a ascetic, as, asceticism. Yeah. I can't say that word ever, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right? but it's it's
1: just, like a lot of like ascetics and mystics like they they have a very rich inner life, but mm-hmm. this man does not. <laughs>
0: So, let's move on to the next chapter. Yeah. Of the Ironborn with someone who actually kind of does have a rich in her life, mm-hmm. at least more than anyone else that we're going to read about. <laughs> Definitely more than Vic.
1: Yeah, the Kraken's daughter,
0: Asha. Mm-hmm. Uh so this this is her like introductory POV. Yeah. And how it is is that she learns that Balon's dead, so she's like coming back to the Iron Islands. Because I, she heard about the king's meet too already, right? Uh,
1: no, uh, her uncle. Tells She's her told, about that, yeah, okay, in this chapter. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um. God, there's not even so much to say. She just basically like comes back. She goes to uh,
1: Harlaw. Is that the yeah. Is that an island Har-law. name or is it just? Uh, it's the island name, and it's the name of the family and the castle, And uh, the castle is called Ten Towers.
0: Yeah, so it's her uncle on her mother's side. Mm-hmm. So she goes to Ten Towers and she visits Roderick the Reader. That's her uncle. Mm-hmm.
1: He's, he's a like giant him. ball
0: of meta. <laughs> he's just amazing. It, it's like, seriously, if you just drop me or Julia in the middle of this and we're like presented with these characters who are like, I'm going to do this. And he's like, no, <laughs> that's a bad idea. I'm just going to read my books and ignore this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, basically, Roderick tells her Balon's dying and that uh, there's going to be a King's Moot. is like, Asha is like, haha! It will be my queen's moots. I'm gonna be great. Roderick seems to know that this is not going to be successful on her part because I think he has he has a very um accurate and kind of detached understanding of the old way. It mm-hmm. seems like, and w- for her part too, she clearly hates like this entire system. Yeah, I
1: like like she doesn't exactly buy into it, but she kind of feels the need to navigate within it.
0: It's very strange. Is it, she She navigates it the same way that Cat navigates the patriarchy in like mainland Westeros, but there's
1: there's a critical thought to it. Yeah. It sounds like we're putting down Cat when we say that, but we're not. No, we're not. It's just like Cat <laughs> doesn't- Cat was definitely an
0: intelligent person. Cat was really um, smart, but she was just yeah. never like removed enough to be able to like hover over and see everything. Yeah. Asha can do that, but then she still decides, you know what, I have to operate within this system.
1: Mm-hmm. And she's kind of uh very determined to never look weak.
0: Yeah. Cause she, Cause she knows that and she also knows, um like where her loyalty stems from. It's half the people view her as a daughter, the other half wanna fuck her, and she's very, mm-hmm. very aware of that. So Roderick kind of begs her, please don't go to this Queen's moot King's moot, you're gonna die. I don't wanna go, I don't wanna have anything to do with it. I don't like the Harlaws are a really powerful house on the mm-hmm. Iron Islands, and he's very hesitant to like make a claim towards like- anyone.
1: They're the richest house, I think.
0: Yeah, he he obviously isn't really fond of any of her uncles.
1: No, <laughs> on the other side.
0: Um, but and it's actually kind of cute. He even offers to name her the heir of Ten Towers if she'll just like yeah. not basically go and get herself killed. But she's very, you know, I'm Balin's daughter. I have to do this.
1: Yeah, well, to not do this would be weak, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's her right. She has to. She has to claim it. Ah, what talk... We'll get into this later, yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about Tris first, then we'll go back and talk about the reader.
0: Oh, Tris, Tris Botley, <laughs>
1: Tris Botley. Yeah.
0: Not to be confused with Tristan Nimros. your my cat. cat. <laughs> Poor guy, he's yeah. doing better, guys. Yeah, he's asleep he was a little sicky poo. Yeah, he's asleep in his Whole Foods bag. Yeah, he uh he he has twenty five nails, so he ripped one of them, and they had to like remove it. He's fine. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Kylie wasn't awake all night worrying about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like a worried mother, and then, uh, to help him recover from his surgery, I play him his favorite piano songs. Tris Botley. <laughs> anyway, he's,
1: Tris- um, Tris He's a nice guy, right?
0: <laughs> he's, he's kind of, he views himself as the nice guy trope, mm. but what's nice is that Asha seems to know the nice guy trope too. Yeah. And she's just like, no, please. Go away from me, and and it's really funny because he's like, I I saved myself for you. She's like, I didn't want you to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: didn't reciprocate. Yeah, and and she's like, why don't you go fuck some women? I've fucked other people.
1: Yeah, and he's like, oh my god,
0: his <sighs> brain kind of. His brain kind of rejects that, but she she very much knows, like, I want to have
1: adventures and, like, Triss yeah. is not the guy for me and all that, so. Because, like, even when they're, like, 12 years old and, like, just making out for the first time, he, he would go off about, like, how she would bear him many sons. <laughs> very romantic.
0: Yeah, she'd be like, um, I don't know. He might be hot, though. He's filled out a bit. Yeah. So that's something. But Triss is basically just. He doesn't have pimples just... anymore. Asha's complete rejection of Tris is just kind
1: of awesome. Yeah.
0: I have nothing bad to say about that. Uh, Speaking of nothing bad to say, the reader.
1: Yeah. I I, I called him a couple months ago. I called him a giant ball of meta. This quote from him is basically like the series. Um, (laughs) Crows will fight over a dead man's flesh and kill each other for their eyes. Lord Roderick stared across the sea, watching the play of moonlight on the waves. We had one king, then five. Now all I see are crows squabbling over the corpse of Westeros. Like if we were to have like a really good adaptation, that would be a great trailer ride.
0: It would be better than Ramsay Sue just randomly going like, "Oh, it's a we'll leave a feast for the crows." <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Roderick is so meta. He
1: really, mm-hmm.
0: he really just seems to be able to analyze the political situation of the Iron Islands. I think he's just like George R. R. Martin. George
1: R. Martin's like, I want to be in this book. I want a cameo. Yeah. So he just stuff himself in. He's not Doran with his overripe <laughs> blood arches. He might be that too. He's
0: multifaceted. But what's what's great about Roderick is that he just he sees the futility in the old way in the same mm-hmm. way I think Asha sees it, but where Asha's like, No, I still need to navigate, he's like, Why don't you just not? Why don't you just stay here and read some books?
1: Yeah. Wouldn't that be more fun for you? But like, I don't know, Roderick seems like because basically of his title the position that he has, like, mm-hmm. he's kind of, like, seasoned, seen as exception to all the things that the Ironborn value, but they they still take him at least semi-seriously.
0: Yeah. It's odd. They ha- well, they have to. And he mm-hmm. also um supplanted What's-Her-Face as
1: the ruler of the Ten Towers. Gwyneth, but no, he didn't really supplant her. That was just, like, following the law. But, like, um, like they are shitty laws. Yeah. But I, I feel like the fit, because he has these two sisters who are both now living in Two Towers with him. His his elder sister Gwyneth, whose whose husband died at Fair Isle, so during the Great War Rebellion, who's like a little bit crazy, and she's fixated on the fact that Ten Towers she should have inherited Ten Towers because she's seven years older. And then you have his younger sister Alanis, who's uh, mm-hmm. Ash's mother, who like basically fell completely apart after she lost uh, her sons.
0: Yeah. And she's she's just not in a good way. She keeps asking where her baby boy is, like Theon, because mm-hmm. her her son's died in the rebellion too. And then Theon was given to the Starks, obviously.
1: Yeah. And I I I feel like I I think they're they're supposed to be there like not really uh, as foils for Asha, but more like as motivations for Asha to not want to not take this chance.
0: Yeah, she 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 really can't even. She doesn't want to be around her mother at all, basically. Mm-hmm. She, she views her mother as really weak. She has very... It's kind of... But she, she's clearly very, like, compassionate and loving towards her.
1: Yeah, it's it's complicated. It's like... It's yeah, everything. but she's, she's, she's definitely like, I do not want this to happen to me.
0: Yeah, it's like everything she doesn't want to become. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for her to be around Alanis. But at the same time, like, it's her mom and she does have sympathy for her because, you know, what a she shitty, shitty wife. Over. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's that's what's going on with the Harlos. Yeah. All right. We. I'm <laughs> sorry. We have to move on. I know you're trying to delay it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So the next chapter is the Iron Captain, where we get to meet Victorian. We're so lucky. Look straight up. Victorian is actually
0: my favorite point of view character uh, for the Ironborn chapters. Not because I like him. I think he's the worst.
1: Yeah. Not he's- that his chapters are particularly well written, even. <laughs>
0: But that's what makes it, his chapters are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Because he is so profoundly stupid. Mm-hmm. And, like, once you realize that's the lens, everything's really funny. <laughs> like, espe- especially his uh, Dance of Dragons chapters. But, yeah, the, f- <laughs> the first chapter is when he, he gets to um the Iron Islands yeah. for for this king's moot.
1: So, uh, yeah, he arrives at the king's moot at Old Wyke. Mm-hmm. And his brother Aaron leaves, uh, meets him there and he me- immediately like endorses and blesses him. Uh, um, and,
0: and by the way, if Aaron is like unimaginative when it comes to <laughs> the way of life, I don't know what that makes Vic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a sentient rock, basically.
1: <laughs> Maybe without the sentient part, but because his thinking is more confined mm-hmm. than Aaron's. And he, like, he's just like, these are the rules. And anything that's not the rules is just wrong. And I won't question why or if it should be that way. I'll just state it mm-hmm. repeatedly. Um,
0: the ironborn notion of freedom is basically, well, like it, it's, they're allowed to reeve and rape and, you know, yeah, salt wives and thralls and, and basically just do violence to everyone. And yeah. to him, that's very special and superior. Like, yeah. It's just
1: because the ironborn are special and they're better yeah. and that he doesn't question that either. Yeah. Okay, so then what happens is that there's, like, a feast in a feast tent, right? Where, like, they basically have, like, you know, those $2,000 uh, plate dinners that little they're candidates camp- always yeah, have. They're, like, campaigning for yeah. Vic. It's kind of cute. Yeah, and so he meets a bunch of people during this. So you have Hotho Harla, who's one of the minor Harlas, who's pimping out his barely pubescent daughter. Um, yeah, he wants he wants her to marry Vic for, yeah. you know, She's queen. 12, and her breasts aren't that big yet, but they'll probably be bigger later, so... I you fucking don't have to hate write. Vic so much. <laughs> yeah. And this is, like, when he starts thinking about his wife, right?
0: Oh, my God, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if Aaron's motif is the whole door creaking open, then the thing that Vic fixates on is he had a wife. A salt who, wife. A salt wife. It was a salt wife?
1: Yeah, she's she was just a salt wife. That's what he says in this chapter.
0: <sighs>
1: and, Does that make it worse or better?
0: I don't know. I don't know. And <laughs> she was either raped... Or just had sex with Euron.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: According to Euron, she came to him wet and willing. Uh, it's kind of not relevant one way or the other. I just hate everything. Yeah. I mean, poor Victorian couldn't be emasculated, so he had to beat his wife to death. He clearly. was forced. Yeah. He had no choice. Um, Balin also kind of told Euron, like, get the fuck out of here after that, because mm-hmm. that's a social faux pas. So no no one dared call it exile, but he went off.
1: Yeah. Just a parallel, <laughs> and you're uh, impregnated her too, which is like worse, right? Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. So he had he had to beat her to death, and he wants us to feel really sorry for him.
1: Oh, he is desperate for us to feel sorry for him.
0: I think he even says something like a- 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 Asha even kind of calls him on this. Yeah, she does. and she's like, "Well, I feel sorry for you. I feel even worse for her, though." <laughs> yeah,
1: They're like thank you, Asha. Uh, another person he meets is uh Baylor Blacktide, who's also kind of meta, uh, who's <laughs> um, this guy who spent many years as a hostage in Old Town and he converted to the Faith of the Seven. And he's basically like, OK, so your brother was a crazy person who wanted us to like, you know rebel for no reason, uh, and <laughs> your other brother is an even crazier person who's kind of scary, and then you have, like, your crazy priest brother, so can you please tell me that you're not as crazy as those people? And Vic is like, no, I'm as crazy as those people.
0: Well, and Vic is like, yeah, I don't know, I like what Balin was going for.
1: Yeah, and he's just, like, disgusted by the idea that they might, like, not, like, stay the course.
0: Yeah, like, he thinks that Iron Island independence is, like, a really good plan.
1: Yeah. And so he just kind of scoffs and walks away.
0: Despite the fact that he's been... Like, hasn't he been at Moat Kalin, like, fighting?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so he... This whole time, basically. B- yeah, he's between been witnessing a the of fruits Cakes. of, you know, yeah. this
0: reaving. And it's not really
1: going so well. Mm. <sighs> okay. I mean, he talks about how he's accustomed to wearing armor all the time now because of the bog devils and things like that. Yeah. Uh And then he... uh he runs into Asha and he spends an entire conversation just trying to establish dominance.
0: Yeah. Cause Asha's like, Oh, it's my queen's mutant uncle. He, he, he.
1: And, and he's like, but you have a vagina.
0: Yeah. And, and that seems to be a very compelling argument to a lot of people. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: like even people are just like, yeah, you're perfect in every way, but you have a vagina.
0: Anyway, to Asha's credit, I think she kind of knows she's, Doing an impossible thing right here. So she's like, you know what, uncle, what if, like, I became your hand? Or actually, for a second, she's like, maybe I could help you in other ways, or we could, like, reunite our rule. And for a second, he thinks that she means, like, let's marry. So so he gets a partial. So he gets a partial looking at her. (laughs) And she's like, I could be your hand, and you could be the king. And he's like, well, if there was a woman as my hand, I'd never hear the end of it. So no. No. So he kind of has to back Ash into a corner where she, like, the thing mm-hmm. is, if these two idiots had combined, they totally would have had enough votes yeah, to overturn Euron, but no. Vagina, so she has to do her own campaign. He has yeah. to do his. It's so stupid. Anyway, guess who crashes this?
1: <laughs> it's Euron, my favorite person ever.
0: He shows up, and, and Vic is really mad because his hair hasn't gone gray at all.
1: Yeah, I bet he dies it.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> And he's got, um, it's it's important, he has an eye patch. Yeah, and he's had this for a very long time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, actually, one thing, historically, why pirates wore eye patches, do you know this?
1: Because they only had one eye? No.
0: They had two eyes, but they would always wear an eye patch so that one eye was always adjusted to darkness. So that way, if they were fighting and the fighting went below deck, they could quickly switch it over.
1: Really? Yeah. Is this a true story?
0: Yeah. Historically, why pirates wore eye patches?
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: this guy wears eye patches because
1: but that, he has. But that they would like fuck with your death perception. So if you're like firing a rifle,
0: I don't know. Take it up with the pirates, dude. I don't think <laughs> they all had scurvy. What do you want?
1: It's true. That doesn't do very good things for your eyesight either. Um, <laughs> so, but there's definitely something special about the eye under the patch because people always talk about his laughing eye and his crow's eye, right? And are they different colors? I don't, like, we haven't seen his crow's eye. The impression I get is that
0: the crow's eye is black and his other eye is blue, but... So he's secretly Tyrion. I might be making it up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. Euron is Tyrion.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Where are the theories? Come on. Oh, they're both obsessed with dragons.
0: (laughs) We're kidding, because we know that he's actually Benjen. (laughs) Exactly.
1: No, he's actually Rhaegar. (laughs) Um... And he shows up with, like, the worst party guests, too. Yeah. Well, he just shows up with his, like, entourage. And like, what's, fu- what's funny it's like is God that... like got critics. It's, it's it's like D&D showing up a party with a bunch of got critics.
0: Well, what's funny is that Asha goes... Like, Asha kind of basically accuses him of killing Balin. Yeah. Because, yeah. think about it, he was ordered away from the Iron Islands by Balin. Balin dies, and the next day he is back. Yeah. So, a little suspicious. So Asha kind of points this out, and he's like, well... Why don't you interview all my crew? They'll tell you I was offshore when he died and Ash just like your crew is mute. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of epic.
1: Well, the thing about Yarn is like he's clearly more intelligent than his brothers. Like <laughs> yes. substantially. It's a low bar to clear, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I would actually
0: call you on smart. He's at, at the very least, he's charismatic and knows how to spin things.
1: Yeah, and he he's kind of playing into this whole like Ironborn thing for his own purpose. Mm-hmm. He's kind of he's he's clearly like a just a person who enjoys violence, but he's using this kind of framework to justify it.
0: And he seems to always be like campaigning.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's always he speaks in speeches.
0: Yeah. It's like, brother, I just returned. You know, oh my
1: god. Yeah. It, it it's like old school Shakespeare, you know how they used to like the way that they perform yeah. Shakespeare now usually is a lot more naturalistic. But like Lawrence Olivier area era Shakespeare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where like they always pose before they do the speech.
0: It's like you can't see like, me posing, but it's like Obera in uh Sons of the Harpy. Yeah. Just <laughs> <It's> like,
1: <laughs> I am about to make a speech. I am monologuing. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Stewart in early Star Trek, but you know, like just like I'm about to make a speech. Everyone attend.
0: What, what's great too is that like every time Asha says Asha says something that they don't like, mm-hmm. like Euron Victorian everyone their only comeback to her is like, "I'm going to
1: marry you." Yeah, you should get you have you need a husband to like beat your ass or something.
0: And I'm pretty sure that's what Euron says to her in this, and she's like, "All right, yeah. I'm out of I'm out of here. This is stupid." <laughs> so she she leaves, and Euron's just I don't know what does he even say to Vic? He's just kind of like, "Ha ha, brother." It's cute that you're trying, but I'm the best. Something like that.
1: I am the whiz, and nobody beats me. I have a question. Where have these people been reaving? <laughs> what, like, Euron's people? No, like, everyone. Like, they all, they all talk about, like, since the greater Rebellion, they talk about going off reaving. It's like, where are they reaving?
0: <laughs> Bear Island?
1: Huh. Yeah, I think Starks would say something about that. They have a hostage.
0: Well, Alisane is, like, not too thrilled with them. What we are, you made us. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Minor places in the Reach? Uh. Somewhere? Maybe they've just been, like, intercepting people at sea. I really don't know.
1: (laughs) And I guess we can talk about how Vic is a bit of a Lannister um, when we talk about his character.
0: Oh, like, he hates to be laughed at, but it's for Mm. very different reasons. You think so?
1: Well, he says so.
0: In the later chapter, he doesn't. He mistrusts laughter because he feels like it's directed at him, and he doesn't get it.
1: But that's only part of it, I think.
0: Yeah, he's he's a prideful guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He definitely has, Lannister. and he has he
1: has like a terror of emasculation. Yeah, this is my main motivation in life to not be emasculated.
0: So it's it's a little less with the Lannisters about their whole like lordly image of being very dignified, mm-hmm. and it's more to do that he can't be perceived as any. As lesser in any way. Yeah. Um, I wonder if this relates a little bit to Ash's comment about Stannis, where it's like a little brother will always be a little brother. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to. I know when when we
1: get into his, uh, Deathman's Dragon's arc, we'll have a lot more to say about his little brother. Anyway, I think, I think
0: that's really, like, there's not much to say about this Vic chapter. You just get the sense that he's really dumb. Honestly. (laughs) That's, that's like the biggest takeaway.
1: Yeah. So. And speaking of dumb. Then we have another Aaron chapter. The <San>. This is the last this is the last Aaron chapter until the Winds of Winter, so
0: the, and and we know that he's got a chapter early on. Because, the winter. Yeah, George R. R.
1: Martin <laughs> is like desperate to get us to be interested in it.
0: every, every time he's uh, at a at a reading, he's like, I could read you this Arian chapter again, or I could read you Aaron and everyone's like, No. Let's
1: <laughs> read the Arian chapter again. He's like,
0: please, there's messed up stuff in it. No, no. <laughs> You know what, George, save it for winter. Winter. Like we've already read a third of your book, I think.
1: <laughs> but I mean, he's gonna have man... to release another chapter in a couple of uh, weeks, I think.
0: Yeah, the Drawn Man is the big
1: King's Moot chapter. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it, it, it the climax the of good the good thing apiece. about it is
1: that we don't have to be like inside the interior of Aaron's head too much, because it's mostly just him describing things happening. So that's the yeah, good part.
0: Like he has his own take on it. Like how can Asha be make Asha be making
1: a claim? I keep doing it. She's Asha, Asha. like, I can't believe this. She but, has a vagina. Yeah. He talks a little bit at the beginning about the Ironborn Creation myth with uh the Great King and Naga the Leviathan and Yeah. He's very uh fixated on like the whole golden age thing, we're just like, Whoa, well, we need to go back to how it used to be when it was so wonderful and we could just like rape and pillage at will and <laughs> And then uh, people, so he goes to the King's Inn. All the captains and the kings kind of gather. I guess like you get a vote if you own a ship, right? That's kind of the
0: think th- I think that seems to be the rule.
1: Yeah. So uh, they all gather and he's just like, okay, so who's going to make a claim? So the first person to make a claim is this guy named Gilbert Farwind who is like just this weird dude who wants to like sail them all off into the distance to discover new- the new world or something.
0: Yeah, he's he doesn't yeah. His, his thing is really weird. He yeah. has, like, th-
1: three supporters,
0: and I think they're related to him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but this is obviously a trap set, but it's a storm god. That's what Aaron thinks. Or Aaron yeah. thinks.
0: Yeah, the next one is Eric Iron Breaker? Maker?
1: Anvil Breaker?
0: Anvil, Eric. Shit. <laughs>
1: <We're> so- <laughs> this is so well-researched, guys.
0: Eric Iron Maker, I was right. And, and a- Anvil Breaker is his, like, nickname.
1: Yeah, he has many.
0: And eric with a k and he's he's a no what's his family name he's iron maker that's his family name yes i just said that i, I believe you
1: he's also known as eric the just well but yeah he, he, he wants uh, to be king uh with his words why not
0: um he's 88 so <sighs> yeah. he's seen
1: some shit yeah and uh he's raped a lot of people and killed a lot of people and that yes, makes him qualify he's a big old hammer yeah, and he's got lots of grandsons.
0: Um. Yeah, and he was like a really great fighter in his prime. Yeah, but he's eighty-eight now. And Asha decides the best way to
1: surprised that he wasn't one of uh blind dates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Dorn. <laughs> so Asha uh, decides that the best way to um dismiss him is to humiliate him Mm -hmm. and this actually really upset me yeah (laughs) she's like stand if you can stand then i'll like call you king or whatever yeah and he obviously can't stand because he's like 88 and bound to a chair
1: yeah and of course his comeback is like literally you're a girl so yeah (laughs) well it's just like so
0: sad too though because he's like really struggles and tries to get out of the chair yeah
1: yeah I don't know. It upset me, but then, yeah, misogyny. Yeah. (laughs) And then this dude called the drum makes a claim, and he kind of has the Michael Ignatiev effect, and just doesn't know when to shut up, and is too intellectual, so nobody
0: likes it. Yeah. So, finally, uh, Aaron is like, alright, we've heard three speeches from three really unimpressive people. Yeah. Aaron's so dumb, because he knows Ash is gonna make a claim, but he's like, no, I want Vic to speak next. So, whatever. Vic is so uncharismatic. Basically, his speech he stands up and he's like, I don't know what to say. You know me. If you liked what you saw under Bela, you'll get more of the same. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah. It's like, it's it's, it's almost as uncompelling as the Ready for Hillary
1: campaign slogan.
0: It's so uninspired (laughs) and like... (laughs) Yeah, that's what I. we we've, made, we've one...
1: made them all candidates from the U.S. election, by the way, and he's definitely yes. the Hillary. He's uh, definitely
0: the Hillary. Just not really is- inspiring any sort of loyalty. Like, yeah. very, very much an establishment candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just the system ain't broken. Maybe, maybe Romney would be a little more fair because Hillary, like, these are some conservative ideals they're looking to. Well, yeah, that's
1: true, but it's not a perfect uh metaphor but you know we do what we can it's the same lack
0: of excitement though Mm -hmm. well romney hillary is our romney so exactly or mine i'm sorry you're canadian Mm. (laughs) but uh anyway then bernie sanders makes a speech yep (laughs) which is uh asha because
1: she's like
0: and uh, let me just read it. Uh Nunkle says he'll give you more of what my father gave you. Well, what was that? Golden glory, some will say. Freedom, ever sweet. Aye, it's so. He gave us that. And widows, too, as Lord Blacktide will tell you. How many of you had your homes put to torch when Robert came? How many had your daughters raped and despoiled? Burnt towns and broken castles? My father gave you that. Defeat was what he gave you. Nuncle here will give you more, not me. And then she goes on to talk about how, like, the people who live in, you know... Denmark, actually have a point <laughs> for the other Greenlands. Yeah. You know, it's like, maybe there's something to be said for not reaving. And she she brings these big chests of, and she's like, let me show you the riches of the North that my father won for us. And it's these chests full of, like, pine cones and, like, rocks. Stones and turnips. Yeah, and she's like, oh, look, isn't this great? She's like, how about instead we strike a peace with the North and, like, settle and have a chance at, like, a good good yeah. healthcare system. <laughs>
1: Free tuition. <laughs>
0: so she she actually this is anti establishment and mm-hmm. she likes how things are done in Scandinavia a lot better. So she's definitely the Bernie of the
1: campaign. Yeah. But also it it's kind of uh necessary to note I think like her strategy for dealing with her uh, opposition is to masculate them, to question their manhood to imply that, like, she, as a woman, is more manly than them. Yeah, and then she makes her stupid suckling babe joke again. Yeah. She really,
0: it,
1: it was really funny when she
0: whipped it out against Theon in A Clash of Kings, but yeah. she really needs a new joke.
1: Well, because everyone everyone is just like, you need a husband. And she's just like, I have one already. Here it is. And here's just, my husband. Here's yeah. my
0: a Dirk. And oh, look, I've got Blaine between my boobies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Which I guess is maybe, she's also kind of I think trying to be like alluring to those men too. Like, like 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 this comes back to the um she's either their daughter or the person they want to fuck. Like mm-hmm. she 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 understands what her appeal is based on. Yeah. So
1: yeah, she does try to emasculate. <laughs> yeah, and Aaron is just cannot get past the fact that she's a woman.
0: He doesn't even understand what she's arguing at all. He's no.
1: Just, it's a woman. I mean, he's just like I
0: don't get it. Turnips? Turnips? It's just so <laughs> there's, there's this, uh, sorry, there's this great blog, Hyperbole and a Half, uh-huh. where Ellie, uh, Brush, like, writes the inner thought process of a dog, <laughs> and. <laughs> It's, this this one dog has a meltdown because it experiences snow for the first time, so it just shows, like, the thought process. It's, like, snow plus, and then it shows, like, a bunch of, like, colorful triangles and circles, and then it just, like, equals danger. <laughs> and that's, like, what it reminds me of with Aaron thinking about the pine cones and the pebbles. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> must equal... He just does not understand, and he will start letting out a high-pitched whining noise. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, what was, what was that you were saying about Trump? Trump makes a speech. Right. So, obviously, the Trump candidate is Euron.
1: He just, like, um, he seems to, like, embrace this whole kind of nihilistic, like, reaving and not producing anything and just being so, such, like, parasite on the body of Westeros. He just kind of seems to embrace that. And his entire speech is about him and how his fingers aren't small. Uh, (laughs) Just, like, that's the only way I could, like the first thing he does is like you know kill a mexican to prove how important he is and then he uh he just like talks about like how he's just the best businessman ever and he went to valeria and he brought back all this loot and look how rich i am and just like, he he is trump he's just trump he is
0: and he also has a flashy horn with him
1: yeah and a guy comes in, blowing it like this big dude, mm-hmm. and yeah, he just basically just like promises them the world without any details, and <laughs> yeah, he's like, "We're we're gonna have all the riches. I will give you yeah, Westeros and dragons. I'll totally give you
0: dragons without raising taxes." This guy comes in, blowing this giant horn, <laughs> and it's <laughs> it makes Aaron's teeth hurt, and then the guy who blew it like dies. Yeah. yeah, there's no it 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 seems. It seems like it's a gruesome death, like he's burning from within. It's okay. He's only a migrant laborer. Um, and, I don't know, I really hope this isn't predictive of November, but Aaron, you're on wins. Yeah, that's
1: what happens. Uh, like, Hillary would be fine. can we just... <laughs> <laughs> My elections went well, so...
0: <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Well, the good news is it's, it won't be a three-way race. Mm-hmm. So but yeah uh all hail king
1: you're on yeah <laughs> which leads to the next chapter yeah the reaver which is uh quite a bit uh towards the end of the book mm-hmm. um so basically it starts with the battle off of uh off of the shields in the reach which
0: it's Vic- it's victorian's point of view
1: yeah yes of course and um But the first thing I wrote in the notes is that this battle would be so expensive to film. (laughs) See, we're always thinking of visual adaptation that we're not going to (laughs) get. Yeah, just... Maybe someone will give us like several billion dollars and we can make one. Because that's how much it would cost to do it properly, I think. I don't think
0: (laughs) I would trust us with this.
1: Well, there would be a lot of (laughs) heads. You know, I think I would trust us. I would, I would, yeah, I would, I would trust Can you this... imagine how long the casting process for Aaron would take? Oh my god. Uh, but, yeah. I would, I would trust this to at least, uh, be, uh, have the best intentions for the entire process. Oh yeah. Anyway, so this is not about us and how we would make a visual adaptation. But yeah, but we this were... is, this is like a very gory battle. And it's crazy town, and he talks about just like splitting skulls, and he has, he has this one, uh, fight which is end up, gonna end up being important with, um, some guy. He's the he's the heir <laughs> Jesus Julia. Some guy. And his name is Sari, but I'm trying to remember what island he's from. He's he's the heir to Self Shield?
0: Yeah, maybe. Why not?
1: But yeah, he's he's an important guy on the shields. He's uh, the heir
0: to one of the shields. Yeah. That's all that really matters. I remember
1: what his shield looks like. It's like a red rose with in an escutcheon and everything like that. but um <laughs> But uh so Vic ends up killing him but what happens is that he catches his sword with his hand his hand that's in like a like a male glove and it cuts all the way to the skin so he ends up with a cut like a gash in the palm of his left hand um too bad he didn't have a wacky golden hand <laughs> i know could have been so funny um so they win the battle but and he kind of grudgingly admits that Euron's plan be- uh, wasn't stupid but then he tries to get us to feel sorry for him he's he stole my wife and he stole my throne and now he steals my glory poor man poor poor yeah. man
0: so the battle ends and he goes into his cabin and there is the dusky woman yeah
1: who we capitalize in our notes but isn't actually capitalized in the text so she doesn't even get capitals she's just the dusky and she's,
0: woman She's uh, apparently wet and ready for him yeah he gets and
1: he like fucks her and bitches to her yeah that's basically like her function it's like, because she, she can't talk. She's mute. Yeah. Yeah. She's had her tongue ripped out. Um. By your own. Yes. I have a theory about that. <laughs> so, you could, like, he, he's apparently, like, just craves somebody to talk to. Cause, so he just, like, talks to, like, this woman who's basically a fuck doll. hmm And, yeah. And I think
0: sometimes he, she nurses him when he needs
1: it. Yeah. He should, like, look into keeping a diary or something instead. It's less rapey. Um. Well, and yeah,
0: yeah, we'll get into it with another chapter. But yeah, she's just yeah. she's just there. It's it's all just him working out his issues with Euron to a mute. Yeah, it's just like she's just this like sex object. Just
1: yeah.
0: Uh, <sighs> um, we learned that Aaron crowned Euron, mm-hmm. but
1: then like he actually took place in that took part in that ceremony.
0: Yeah, but then he also like ran
1: away. I guess because his his cognitive dissidence hadn't kicked in yet, so he hadn't justified yet how this works like like this is like classic behavior like if you spend a lot of time on the internet arguing with people just um this like he had this idea for a king's and he's like yeah all the way king's boot. and then it didn't work out the way he wanted so now he's just like full of rationalizations and his rationalization literally seems to be a wizard did it so Victorian, you mean? No, Aaron, cuz he he yeah that's like basically like Aaron's like it was the wizards.
0: Yeah. It was the wizards. So yeah, so now Aaron's kind of like okay <laughs> This is this is obviously like not legal or whatever because of the wizards. So he, yep. he kind of ran away
1: <laughs> and Yeah, and he's he's preaching apparently now on the Iron Islands against
0: uh Iran. Yeah, he's trying to get his bro kicked off. Um mm-hmm. What's really funny too is that Vic is like thinking about Ash's speech and he's like why did she just bring us pebbles? It's like, dude, did you not That was her point. <laughs> <laughs> like, Vic is just so dumb. Mm-hmm. Everything he thinks about is so dumb. Um, but
1: his, but, like, when we talk about, like, um, something I guess in his favor is that, like, his devotion to this bullshit is kind of very sincere. Yeah,
0: that's a favor. Like, he's, he's,
1: he, you know, like, just, like, it's not exactly good intentions, but, like, he's kind of very devoted to actually, like, you know, uh, putting his money where his mouth is. <laughs> um, even though that, that 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 is just so indicative of his lack of imagination again. Yeah. And, and he's and he thinks about like how slaves and thralls and salt wives are totally different because like somebody told him that once, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. Then anyway, he gets to. They have like a feast after this battle, right?
1: Yeah, and in, in the castle that they captured. On
0: one of the shields, or is it?
1: Yeah, we should look up the name of this family. They they kind of deserve that much.
0: Lord Hewitt's town on Oakenshield?
1: Yeah. So Yarn has taken that island and that castle and now he's uh he's having a feast in their Great Hall and um it's actually really upsetting to talk about this feast. So Yeah.
0: By the way, it was Talbert Sari of South Shield who injured Vic. Yeah. Just in case anyone wanted to know because I got
1: the island right, yay! You did. Um Yeah, yeah so yeah. this feast,
0: uh Lord Hewitt like his entire family, all the women are like forced to be servers at this feast, but then they're also just mm-hmm. like raped. Mm-hmm.
1: In... Well, first, like Euron thinks it's super funny to make them take off their clothes, and then and then like, yeah. and then like some of the men just like take them. Oh, rape! Yeah, yeah like in front of and everyone. And he's also and it's just very dispassionate. Yeah. And he's also yeah, like the way that Vic describes it, it's just like oh, this happens, and then he leaves. Um, but it's very it's
0: very casual background, just like.
1: Mm-hmm. But to a point, of course. Yeah, because the point the, it's so
0: normalized in Vic's mind that it's hardly worth yeah. commentary at all yeah he's not disgusted by it. he's just kind of
1: like, okay I mean I think like the phrase he uses it and then like like somebody decided that he wanted one of his daughters and so then he raped happen. her yeah. But, yeah, and then just', just kind of like <laughs> casual. and then but also Euron has um has like hooked up with uh Lord Hewitt's uh bastard daughter yeah who was
0: she was not treated very well because mm-hmm. she's a bastard so she yeah so she's kind of like playing into this and like
1: yeah just trying to enjoy herself i think I, I don't think she's gonna be happy the next day when he rips her tongue out but whatever
0: <laughs> no and uh he's like everywhere he kisses her because he wears like nightshade lipstick <laughs> something like her that. skin's like breaking out in irritation from it
1: or i think like she just has like hickeys or something i don't know but um it's not especially important but like uh it, just is, it so is, is gross this- it is kind of important to mention that the way that Vic talks about these women, he makes it all about the dude, because Lord Hewitt is there, like, with a with a radish stuck in his mouth or something like that, tied to a chair, and he has to watch all this. Yeah. And, like, Vic is like, oh my god, this poor guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. It's only about Lord Hewitt's humiliation. It has absolutely nothing to do with the women yeah. that are, like, being forced to serve naked and raped. Yeah. It's really, really, really disturbing.
1: But you're on, like... I don't know. He makes another speech or some shit, right? <laughs> yeah, and he starts giving uh away the lordships of these four islands. And uh Vic is really dumb, but even he sees how transparent like this is, like the like the his his decision is like he gives one person an island because uh to reward another follower because then he ends up being heir of Hardlaw. He gives well, one person an island because he's um like he was like a really young lord or something like that and he would have. He would like have been like a big opposition to him. Uh, he gives one guy gets an island just because he was so badass. Um, but <laughs> and then he gives an island to one of Vic's major followers. Yes. And Vic is like, oh, he just pulled like my main supporter out from under my feet. Like, even yeah, Vic it was a newt. Notices. Yeah, newt the barber. The barber, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, it's basically one of Vic's like lieutenants.
1: Yeah. Is how we could look at like it. Like his main dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: And he's like, Newt, reject it. And it's like, no. <sighs> are you going to give me an
1: island? No, I'm going to take this one. So then you're on, like... <laughs> Makes another speech about how they're going to, like, we're- go to Valeria and get dragons or some, some we shit. We are
0: going to sail with the plunder and sell the slaves mm-hmm. in the free cities. And yeah. then we're going to go
1: get dragons.
0: And yeah. uh, And everyone's like... This, this
1: sounds weird. No, pe- no, no, no. first everybody's first, everybody's like, yay. And then Roderick the Reader is just like... Oh, we're slavers now? Yeah, he's like, how is this going to work exactly? Let's talk logistics. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> and Euron is all, like, defensive. He's just like, how dare you question me? I've been to Valyria. And then Roderick the Reader, our homeboy, says... Wait,
0: wait, wait. No, before that, just after after Roderick starts saying like, let's talk logistics. A few people are like, Yeah, maybe we should just sack Old Town. It's right yeah. there <laughs> But yeah, so Yeah I'm sorry to interrupt, to interrupt. Yeah, so
1: Euron gets all gets all defensive and he's just like, How dare you question me? I've been to Valeria. And then Roger the Reader says Have you? Have you? Oh so quietly.
0: And Euron just
1: loses it. And it's <laughs> he like, lo- like for like he like like, I don't think the text actually says this, but, like, in your mind's eye, you can just see him, like, getting smaller. <laughs> you know? It's just like, Kinda well, like,
0: whatever. And he grabs the uh, bastard daughter and just, like, flees.
1: Yeah, he, like, turns his tail and, and even... like, runs out of the room because a nerd asks him a question. Because everyone's, like, starting to rabble, rabble, rabble now.
0: Yeah, because like, we really don't need to go to Valeria.
1: Yeah, and then, and even Victorian is just like, dude, the guy asked you a question and you didn't answer it.
0: <laughs> yeah, even Victorian thinks even like uh Euron's claim might not be
1: so secure on the Islands yeah. now. No, be- because a nerd asked him one question. But
0: really, all all Roderick was doing is like, this voyage sounds long and there's gonna be a lot of casualties and why are we slaving?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not convinced these dragons exist. Um so then uh like, this is the part of the party where all the rape happens, actually, uh, after, uh, Euron leaves. But, uh, then one of his, his sons, I guess he doesn't mutilate his sons, uh, Euron's, uh, sons, he comes and tells Vic that Euron wants to talk to him. So he goes up to, like, Lord Hewitt's bedroom where he just finished, uh, fucking Lord Hewitt's daughter. Um, and then he's, uh, Euron is there, kind of sitting naked in a robe, and he starts pseudo-philosophizing.
0: He's just naked, isn't he?
1: Yeah, well, he he has like a he has like a cheat. No, like I, he was he was wearing like because he killed Baylor Black Tide. Oh right. Um, and he took it like he had this one like very fine cloak. It was like sable or something, and he took and that. That's what he was wearing. Yeah. So he just starts talking about like how like when he was a kid, people told him he wouldn't fly, but maybe you can fly. How could you not know if you haven't tried? And it's like, you just like the most like, kind of like first year philosophy student kind of stuff. And Vic is like, why don't you jump out the window and see if you can fly? It's just like the one clever thing Victorian has ever said in his life, I think.
0: Yeah. And then like,
1: the joke kind of died of loneliness. Didn't he mention, oh, well. by the way,
0: that Vic's thoughts are permeated by how much he wants to kill Euron, but then he thinks... Yeah, but, then- but
1: he can't because that's slaying and that's against the rules. Yeah, so he can't even consider it. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he, he, he's really, like, like, and later on, he's just, like, you know, talking about it to the dusky woman, just, like, trying to find a loophole and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's too dumb to find loopholes. Um, so, basically, uh, Euron starts to backpedal. Uh, he said some stupid things about abortion. Now he has to contradict himself. So he's like, you know what? I've been thinking about it. Maybe the reader's right. Yes, yeah, so I had this thought. So then what he says... Is that he's going to send Victorian and the Iron Fleet to Marine to kidnap Danny. Yeah. That's his plan now, to get Vic to do it.
0: Yep. It's gonna work really <laughs> well.
1: Yeah, and Vic is just like, I think Vic knows he's trying to double cross him somehow, but he doesn't know how, cause like, obviously, Huron just made this up, so I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> and he's just like, bring back my bride.
0: So, Victarian gets this great idea. Yeah. That he's gonna go, but he's gonna claim Danny for himself.
1: Yeah. And that will show you're on. Cause Danny is apparently like, you know, so just go for this, like the flag and capture the flag or something like that. So <laughs> that's
0: how Feast for Crows ends. Yeah. For the Ironborn chapter.
1: So, um, then, um, for how, how many years pass? Six years pass? And then. We got a Dance with Dragons! Yay! I don't know. I started
0: reading after Dance with Dragons was out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, what? Well, actually, like, right before. I thought you, yeah. Like, I started, I started reading, like, the January, and then I in, like, May or whatever, the Dance with Dragons Did you out. beat out Game of Thrones, the TV show? Only, I remember I was halfway through reading Game of Thrones when I heard that there was going to be a show, oh. and I was like, fuck. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was a little pissed, but I was also in grad school, so. Why were you pissed? Because you're such a hipster with what you read? Yeah. I hate you. It's true.
0: <laughs> okay. Mm.
1: So, yeah, Dance
0: with Dragons, uh, the first Ironborn chapter. It's only Victarion and Asha in it. Mm-hmm. Well, and Theon, but yeah, we're not counting him. So, it starts with an Asha
1: chapter, The Wayward Bride. And so she's, she's back at Deepwood Mott because she ran away after the king's route mm-hmm. and she's eating dinner with her BF and all her dudes. And Her boyfriend is uh, Carl the Maid. Yes. Uh, and she gets a raven from um, Ramsey Bolton, basically uh, saying that Moat Kalen has fallen. And then he, he sends her a piece of Theon's skin. A piece of Prince. Is- yeah, piece of French, which is super, super lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, Ashlet seems to kind of be like in a holding pattern. She's here at Deepwood Mott. She knows like the position is untenable. She knows that she's doomed. Basically, she has nowhere to go. She can't go back kind of... to the
0: Iron Islands because Euron yeah. married her off to uh, Eric. Yeah, and she wasn't there, so he put a seal in her place at the ceremony as a proxy. Yeah, which I keep picturing a seal with the yellow bow tie, like in Arrested Development, but whatever. <laughs> It just amuses me. Yeah. Um so I don't think it's very legal, but she, she really she can't go back to the Iron Islands or else she'd have to deal with her like uncle's men and obviously
1: yeah she's got a hold on. But like things. her position here isn't very so she's just like kind of staying here. She's procrastinating, I guess. Uh and- yeah and she she knows that like Stannis' men could be on her at any point. Yeah. And so then she goes and she fucks her boyfriend and they have some great fantasy sex. Um Which is normal.
0: It's a normal. It's a very normal fantasy, actually. Studies show that like about forty percent of women
1: nowadays have rape fantasies. So, and if you live in this kind of toxic society, like I can't even imagine. But yeah, basically, uh, our point is is that this really isn't something worth commenting on too much. It's just role play with her boyfriend. Like, let let her do it. It's definitely consensual. Sorry, Um, Mm -hmm. and you know we're not exactly shy about calling things rape. So, Um, no, Jamie, Cersei, and the Sept. Yep. And then it's flashback time. La, 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 flashback time. Yeah, that was that's weird cuz
0: it, it's just one of those things that obviously Martin wanted the story to pick up here, but then he had a lot of background to do.
1: Yeah, just like so I can have another uh POV chapter with Asha or I could do a flashback. Yeah, so he... So basically the flashback proves one thing, the reader's a mensch. Yeah. yeah. It was basically right after the King's Moot where he's like, "Asha, you got to run away. Like get the you fuck, fuck get out, of out of here, here now."
0: So she yeah. she flees, like, within
1: the hour, I think, before Euron's even Because she, she had beached all her, all her ships on the other side of this fairly small island, like, kind of as a contingency. Yeah, because it was, it was basically
0: either she would win this or she would have to run, no matter who it was. Yeah.
1: Because then yeah. she'd get married off. Yeah, because, like, that's the only strategy they have to marry Asha off. And that completely <laughs> neutralizes women. Yeah, like, well... Basically, like, this is kind of a little bit of fixation of mine in the series about the whole juror thing where just, like, yeah, how, how like, a woman's power is neutralized by marriage because then it belongs to her husband. Especially in the island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, she remembers going to Harlot to say goodbye to her mother, who doesn't seem to really know or care that she exists. <laughs> no, she's just thinking about Theon. And then, yeah, so she's, she, like, stops thinking about this flashback and then she goes to find something to eat. And Triss is there. Tris Botley is still there. And he's still playing this whole nice guy trope. Yeah. Um, she might have kind of, like, offered a threesome, but... <laughs> well, kind of, because he's just like, you know what we should do? We should, like, run away and start, like, uh trading. We sh- we can go to, like, the... We can go to the Jade Sea. Like, one voyage will make us rich. And he's like, oh, you, me, and Carl, huh? Uh <laughs> Yeah, so... Because she's just trying to be like, yeah, I'm definitely... Yeah, but, like, guy. his... Like, he's, like, devoted to her, but it's not at all endearing. It's just kind of annoying. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, he's, he's the nice guy tropin, but Asha sees him for what he is. So she's annoyed by yeah. him, so I think we're supposed to be annoyed by him.
1: Because, like, the way that, like, he sees, like, he obviously, like, his feelings were obviously genuine, but the way that, like, he conceives of, like, her is just as limiting as all this, like, kind of, like, marriage and rape threats. It's benevolent sexism. Yeah, basically. what it is.
0: Anyway, uh, I forget. they They get into it. Triss is talking about, like, history to her history. for some reason.
1: Yeah, and how, how like, uh, uh, there's only one time in the history of the Iron Islands that a king's moot has ever been overthrown. And that was with Torg and because then-
0: he was, uh... Yeah. He should have had a rightful claim, but the king's moot was rushed. Yeah, he was off reading. Yeah. So that gives Asha an idea, because, hey, she just was sent a piece of prints. So... Yeah. Guess who's there that could claim that it was illegal? Yeah. Or who is alive and could claim it's illegal, is Theon. Yeah.
1: But then, uh, just as she has this, this thought, basically, uh, Stannis' army attacks. We don't know what Stannis' army right away, but it's pretty whatever. clear. That's, like, the yeah. northern people. Yeah. And this is the point where I actually start to like Asha a little because she gets nuance. Like, so she questions this one guy and, or, well, something happens and she she gets this, this piece of nuance. She's like, maybe he wasn't lying. Maybe he was just wrong. And this is a, this will come up more later in the book where other people do not get this nuance. It makes me really like her. She's not, she's not stupid. Yeah, she's definitely not stupid and she has an imagination.
0: She has an imagination. She's maybe not the best read of people. She's definitely uh, externally focused more than internally focused. But like she's... But almost kind of like
1: as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she won't let herself be internal sometimes. Yeah. But, um, but that's... she. Yeah, she sees Shades of Grey. Yeah, absolutely. Which is just a precious, precious pearl in this,
0: <laughs> in yeah. this
1: particular plot line. Um, so then uh she makes a speech to her men, and they kind of decide that they're going to have a nice orderly retreat back to their ships. It's, uh, she's it's like, five weeks yeah. from the sea. Well,
0: because like, at first she's like, maybe we should just fight and die. And then she's like, let's not do that. I don't want to die. Yeah. And she's like, if we're at least going to die, I want to die smelling salt water.
1: Mm-hmm. So... So then they start the retreat, but then uh, they eventually decide to rest because, like, the horses start tripping over the uh, roots and breaking their legs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then they're attacked by uh, the Northern Clan people. Um, there's there's that, who's,
0: who's that one girl that, like, tries to proposition Triss and he's like, no. Hagen's daughter. Yeah, Hagen's daughter. Like, so
1: that she just, like, goes on with someone else. Yeah, and she's got this, like, crazy red hair. So she's basically just, like, just Marita from Brave. And
0: what's great is that, like, later on, after the fighting breaks out, she comes back. Naked, mm-hmm. a guy like dies in front of her, and she just like snatches up his sword and plunges into the heart of things. Yeah, she's
1: kind of awesome. She's kind of dead, but you know, um, it was so pretty. It, awesome. I actually like this fight scene. This fight scene is actually pretty engaging, and like, actually, kind of like she describes it in a way that's very like, I don't want to say relatable, but like, kind of, it feels a lot more realistic than say like Victorian's uh, battle scenes. Oh, it
0: definitely does. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and you really feel the weariness, because that's the other thing. She's not, like, yeah. taking pleasure from this. She's just like, oh my god, there's more men. I can't do this. Yeah. Um. And, of course, the chapter ends with a death fake-out.
1: Yeah, kind of. The axe
0: took her in the head. Well, it wasn't quite yeah. Arya at the Red Wedding, I guess, but no. it was close.
1: So, uh, so then uh, her next chapter is a little bit more into the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a um, lot more, actually. It's like you skip 500 pages.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's called The King's Prize, and it's another Asha chapter, and she's now a prisoner of Stannis, uh, and they're marching from Deepwood Mott to Winterfell. They knocked her out. She was fine. Yeah, and but her ankle is broken, mm-hmm. but apparently there's, like, no one to, like, look after it or <laughs> yeah. anything like that. So she's just, like, lying in a wane with a broken ankle. So these chapters
0: are a little bit weird. Um, mm-hmm. th- there's two more Asha chapters, which maybe we should just talk about those two in tandem and then go, go to the Vec. That might make more sense.
1: Yeah, like it's kind of a major criticism I think we have that like these chapters aren't about Esha <laughs>
0: at all. You know, I mean, like, her, her feelings surface on certain things. Like, yeah, we get
1: her feelings about Alice. Like Day her Mormon. point of view is
0: definitely there. But yeah, like we, we get her her feelings about Alice in Mormon. We get her view on like um Justin Massey is like hitting on her a little bit because he wa- a little bit he wants <laughs> he wants her tracks of land. Yeah, and her
1: huge tracks of land. We like
0: Monty Python and. uh, mm-hmm. So she, we kind of get her opinion of that. Like, uh, I could never marry him. This wouldn't get me anywhere because the Ironborn don't accept failure. I failed three times, and then I would just yeah. Leave. And apparently, if she
1: marries like a green landlord, then Then I'll be the like, person that spread my legs for a green landlord. Yes. Oh,
0: God. And she just, she just is very. She hates the old way, but then she mm-hmm. also, you know. My, my favorite is when she follows her father's advice, like kneeling for Stannis, because her dad's like, "No man ever died from kneeling." Yes. <laughs> This
1: whole thing is so bullshit. It allows you to
0: rise again. Yeah. Yeah. But so, like, I don't even really know what to say about it. I mean, we can talk about how Stannis seems like a sexist douche. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the- uh, that's not about the ironborn. What? That's not about the ironborn. No, but my favorite line of hers is, like, she's talking to him and Stannis looks at her as if she's a dog trying to hump his leg. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's kind of the best description of everything any of anything ever. Yeah. Um
0: I mean these two chapters, yeah, I kind of think we have to talk about this and the sacrifice together because mm-hmm. it really is just this long trek of Stannis's army to Winterfell and the- Yeah, and just things getting worse and worse and Asha being there. Asha is there. Yeah, she's witnessing it. And she's like yeah. you know, it's a it's dark in the sacrifice. So things are a lot worse by that chapter.
1: And- yeah, and, and, like, um, in terms of her character, I think it's kind of, uh, like, things getting progressively darker and her getting progressively kind of, like... Depressed. She become Yeah, depressed, and she just kind of accepts the fact that one day, probably soon, they'll burn her to death. And she's yeah, because so, like, they burn that to won't death be cannibals, fun. and, like, people are obviously
0: gunning yeah. for her, then there's, like... No, like,
1: people are, like, literally saying to her, we're gonna burn you next. Power in a king's so, blood, or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah, Well, that would mean that they think Balon's legitimate, and they don't. But... They just, they're going, they want to burn her. All, all, yeah. basically all the queensmen men except
1: Justin Massey want to burn her.
0: And I don't know, the second chapter, there's like this asshole, Suggs, who wants to rape her and we don't mm-hmm. like him.
1: He calls her cunt,
0: like, just as though it was her name. And she, and, and <laughs> she's kind of, fu- like, we do, again, we get her point of view. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. why do men think that that's an insult when it's the only part they value and... Yeah, You know, we learn that she, she starts to take comfort in uh, Alisane, who
1: becomes Allie. She
0: takes comfort yeah, in Allie. Yeah, like, like all of a sudden
1: in the sacrifice, she's no longer the she-bear, she's Allie. She's Allie.
0: So they've, and they've, they've
1: obviously kind of like bonded. And, and then at the very end, Triss with-
0: and her other Ironborn, there's like seven of them that survived the battle? We ragged seven? Was that it? Something like we that. We ragged six? It's, it's some number that
1: I, was under ten. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, they show up with Theon and Jane Poole. And Tychonostaurus. And Tychonostaurus from the Iron Bank was like, I gotta talk to Stannis. It's urgent. And And he's still wearing his awesome hat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then poor Jane Poole gets frostbited on him. Uh, Yeah. But yet Theon is there. And she's just like a puddle of feels seeing him.
0: Yeah, well, Asha doesn't recognize him at first. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, hey, haha, last time... I didn't know you. And she's like, Oh my God. Yeah. And that's where it's it ends. It's a down. really interesting, like, I wish there was more to talk about, but it's seriously just about Stannis's Lord arguing about Stannis.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's like the you know, observations we can talk about that we made about, like, you know, her view of her own womanhood and like her relationship with all these men who are like, um, I guess like we can talk about kind of, um, the juxtaposition between their kind of toxic masculinity and the ironborn kind of masculine toxic masculinity and how it's not all that different at all but yeah it, like they might not
0: yeah. be reavers who take salt lives but it's not it's not any less constraining yeah you know or demeaning yeah so i don't know uh, let's just we'll, we'll talk about ash's like we're going to jump into character arcs after this so let's let's mm-hmm. instead go to the iron Yeah. <laughs> More fun! There's so, actually very little to say about Vic's chapters, too, because it's a travelogue.
1: But, it's... but we love travelogues.
0: And Vic um, is so stupid.
1: Well, he's like all he's like in Slaver's Bay at this point, right? He's like in, in the Isle of Cedars. yeah. And so this is like towards the end of A Dance with Dragons. So quite a bit of time has passed, like six months probably. So he lost like... Half of his fleet? Well, he sailed with 90 ships and now he
0: has like 54 or something. Yeah, but he picked some up on the way. So yeah, he lost like half his ships, but then
1: picked some up. Because mm-hmm. they like split into three. It's it's not important at all.
0: Our notes just say this voyage sounds dumb as shit. And <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> like yeah, they have a ship named Maidens Pain yeah, and Grief. And yeah, they they like they're kind like, uh, of like yeah. Empire from Star Wars. How they name their ships like the Executor and mm-hmm. the Avenger. <laughs> He's like really the Death Star. Yeah, these kind of very like you know manly destructive names,
0: and there's just seriously nothing to even th- like. Vic is always fixating on how like oh you're on storms, and <laughs> yeah, he takes everything you're on set at face value.
1: Yeah, and he he just takes everything literally, and just like oh this because I didn't have the exact like wording of the prayer that's probably why the storm came. And if only, if only Aaron was here, he would know what prayers to make. Yeah. And it's just
0: seriously the adventures of a xenophobe where he's just like,
1: Oh, even the gods are queer here. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But but he does seem to actually believe that Euron has some kind of power Mm -hmm. and his whole, like he living, he lives like completely in Euron's shadow. Like uh, he was living in Balon's shadow and now he lives in Euron's shadow. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and I don't there's this. like honestly not that much that happens there's there's a quote unquote girlish maester who's just mm-hmm. this poor guy trying to do his job he's getting raped yeah. by
1: Victorian's crew and Victorian doesn't give a shit yeah he just like gives him a knife and he's just like we'll defend know, don't wear a much. short skirt or whatever and um,
0: yeah Um, and then he thinks about how he was going to kill the dusky woman because Euron's gifts are always poisoned. but yeah. he likes having a sounding board and sex Yeah, so he kept her
1: yeah, his hand's getting like he he's he said yeah his hand is getting it's like clearly like very seriously infected. But uh just uh, there, just like a few things like uh he talks about how like pay, he had to pay for provisions in Volantis and that shamed him which is like what was the alternative sacking Volantis, but whatever. Uh the way that he objectifies Danny like yeah. basically like she might as well be the flag and capture the flag again.
0: Um let me see if I can do my Roy, Roy DeTurris impression for for Vic. <laughs> The most beautiful woman in the world has need of my axe. Yeah, it's it. That's
1: Vic's voice. It's very high and weird. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like, like he has no conception of the fact that like this, like this Daenerys person might be like a person who might have an opinion on all this.
0: No, uh. he, and yeah, he 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 loves to repeat things in his brain. Mm-hmm. Like, like Aaron the gods hate head yeah. yeah. Aaron would know. Uh, the only thing that quote-unquote happens is that they capture a, a ship where they find Makuro. What was it? Yeah. They find him
1: on wreckage? I don't even remember. Yeah. I want to go a little bit back, though, uh, with, with the Adventures of Xenophobe a bit more. With the, how it, like, um, every time something happens that he thinks is, like, unmanly or, like, not ironbornish, he takes it personally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he uh, said, uh, uh, he thinks about how, like, the blade that might have been used to injure his hand was poison, and he's just, like, offended by this. And, you know, like, and. And like the sea is blue, not green, like it is in the Iron Islands. And this this makes him angry. The monkeys, the monkeys, the monkeys poop is- on his deck, and it's like
0: they're hell creatures. Yeah. And but anyway, yeah. Uh, actual plot. They fish Makuro out of the water. Makuro's the uh, red priest, mm-hmm. who we know from Tyrion briefly, right? Yeah, yeah. He,
1: he was on uh, the Stinky Stewart with uh, Tyrion and Penny. Yeah. And Jorah Mormont too. Yeah, basically, he's he's racist. And well, he's very racist, but also Makuro like sounds legitimately terrifying. Well, it, like um from the way he's described, it's not like you know he's like a black man. He's like literally black, like a black crayon. Yeah, or like a piece of coal or something. He's not like he's not like you know uh, skin with high melanin content. He's like burnt yeah. to a crisp. Well, because he's also <laughs> like been he's floating kind of black. for days and days. Yeah, so. so he probably isn't the happiest camper in the whole world.
0: But he's immediately like,
1: "You're going to die because I'm Makoro." I saw it in the flames or whatever, and his crew is like, "Kill this dude!" It's freaking me out. And so Vic like
0: kind of wants. And to. And the see. dusky
1: woman doesn't like him.
0: Well, Vic wanted to kill him, but then he like gets really dizzy from his obviously infected hands that the Maester's mm-hmm. not really treating.
1: So he takes Makoro. Well, the Maester is like trying to treat it, but like Vic won't let him do anything.
0: Well, he's always doing is slicing it over and pushing pus out. Yeah. But, like, the maester keeps saying, I have to amputate your hand, dude. And he's just like, no. So. No, you can't amputate it. Yeah. yeah. So Makaro ends up, yeah, he brings it below deck. The Dusky Woman hisses at Makaro, which is really interesting.
1: Yeah, because, like, she's completely passive this whole time. Yeah. This is, like, the first time she actually expresses anything, so.
0: But Vic obviously, like, backhands so, her and is like, shut, yeah.
1: shut the fuck up. And then, I don't know, Makaro does some crazy magic shit. Yeah, and there's this kind of spooky moment that a lot of people have commented on where, uh, the POV goes to omniscient for a paragraph or two. Mm-hmm. It's kind of freaky. Um, mm-hmm. but it definitely, like, just jumps out because the- this whole, like, close POV thing is- has been such a feature of the whole series. Um. Yeah, it's weird.
0: It's just, disc- it's like when Makuro burns his hand. Yeah.
1: And it's like, it's, it's, it's to- like a super It's like a, It's like a Peter Pettigrew hand now.
0: Yeah, and it, like, smokes and shit when he opens Mm -hmm. and closes it even, like, weeks after. But, of course, the chapter ends with him killing the maester, the girlish maester. Yeah. So the next chapter is actually called Victarian.
1: Yeah, and that's possibly significant? I don't know. It's the first time
0: we have an Ironborn chapter with the character's actual name. Yeah, except for Theon. Well, yeah,
1: but... But this, cha-
0: <laughs> this chapter, or notes say, this chapter is a whole load of nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of uh, sailing around Slaver's Bay uh, being an asshole. He tried to um, make Macrossi more approachable by giving him a black robe with, like, gold on it to be like, you're ironborn
0: colored, but that just made him look more <laughs> terrifying.
1: Yeah, because he's got, like, these flame tattoos on his face. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, then he, like, thinks the most hilarious thing. It's like, well, the crow's eyes keep wizards, why shouldn't
1: I? Yeah, well... Basically, like he captures these ships, and like he asks their captains for news. And when he says something that they don't want to hear, he calls them liars. Yeah. So this is a-
0: this is after Dasnek's pit. So there's crazy yeah. rumors that Danny's dead by a lot yeah, and- of people. So th- yeah. the captains are
1: just repeating what they think is true. And he's like, mm-hmm. "No
0: more lies from you."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where that uh, that contrast to Asha comes in. Like, he doesn't even consider the fact that like maybe they just have mistaken information. He's just like, you're lying, and he kills them.
0: My favorite I think my favorite thing is that like this whole, he's like, okay, there's something to Makuro, but I'm still definitely of the Drowned God. But then he thinks, mm-hmm. two gods are with me now. No man can stand against two gods. It's yeah. like, dude, worship the Seven. What are you doing? <laughs> like,
1: it's so dumb. He's a very dumb man. The and- Dragon Queen fle- free slaves, and so do I. <laughs> Yeah, he, he likes that, he likes that kind of, uh, motif a lot. Like, I'm being just like this person by, like, completely misunderstanding their actions and the meanings behind them.
0: There's, there's this children's book series called the Sweet Pickles books, and they're really stupid, but, Uh, like, every, every letter of the alphabet has an animal associated with it. So, and a, uh, adjective that goes along with it. So it's like, um, bashful bear, clever camel, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. There's the alliteration.
0: Yeah, Okay. whatever. So there's Imitating Iguana, and Imitating Iguana's whole book is she's just, like, running around going, oh, me too, me too, and she just (laughs) copies people. (laughs) So she, like, sees goof-off goose, and she's like, feathers, me too,
1: me too, and she glues feathers to herself. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly like, like it's, it's kind of like because he captures this ship that has like slaves rowing, so he breaks their chains and just like so instead of being slaves, you get to row for the Iron Fleet, which is different somehow. <laughs> you can't leave at all, and then but, but and he captures a uh, uh, a boat full of sex slaves. So he kills he, the boys he, immediately. Yeah, of course. And then he gives uh he get he divides up the women between all his captives, and he's just like the. You know, the Lyseni would have made you whores, but I have freed you. Now you'll be salt wives. <laughs> like- and then he saves
0: the seven choicest, quote unquote,
1: yeah. slaves to burn. And he's, he spends, like, a paragraph lovingly describing every single one, by the way. It's
0: disgusting. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he also name the ship, like, Red God's Wrath or something like that? Yeah.
1: And you're
0: like, okay. <laughs> All right. You do you.
1: And then he, like, burns the ship with, like, the seven sex slaves on there. Um. Yeah. And he makes this, like, extremely... Extremely like weird speech about like how he's giving a gift of innocence and things like that. It's he's really weird. Like, I barf in my mouth. Well, McCurl
0: also seems to be nailing it because he's like, okay, <laughs> the winds are going to do this today. We're mm-hmm. going to be in Marine by X date. Like McCurl knows what he's talking about, yeah, definitely. Um, so Vic finally asks him about the
1: dragon horn. Yeah, but, um, I know you're trying to get us moving. Come on, Julia. Um, <laughs> it's an hour and a half. <laughs> I know. And, but uh, he seems to think that his relationship with Daenerys is, like, romantic in some way. Yeah. And he's like, on wings of song, I fly to you, Daenerys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. Uh, he's just so dumb. I can there's
0: people in the fandom that think this is going to work.
1: Apparently there is. Like, there's actually people who seem to think that the way that Daenerys is going to return to Westeros is as his salt wife. So... Yeah.
0: Well, I don't think it's reading her
1: chapters very closely. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, even logistically, that would not work, dude. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, Vic is like Vic is really frustrated that he hasn't heard from that bank manager in Nigeria. Like, that's how dumb he is. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. And then you have poor Makoro, who's like, like, you can kind of tell that Makoro is just like, why do I have to deal with this asshole? Like, why would you do this to me, Relor? But, uh...
0: <laughs> but he's obviously using him, too. Like, you get mm-hmm. the impression Vic would do anything Makoro said at this point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because he's imitating Iguana. So... <laughs> Vic mentions this dragon horn and McCro's like, yeah. I can read the runes. Uh, you need to listen to Roy Dutrice's McCrow voice too. <laughs> I know I keep saying it, but seriously, it's yeah. it's very hard not to be a little bit happy with his interpretation. <laughs> um So he reads the runes and I don't know if you guys remember from the first Quentin chapter where they walk by the windblown and the windblown are singing the song that are like, we are the windblown, we are blowing to Slaver's Bay. Come towards plot convenience, windblown, yay. Like, that's their song. Yeah. Yes. The runes are even less subtle. It's like, I am the dragon horn. I am called Dragonbinder. If you blow <laughs> me, you will have dragons and you must claim them with blood. And like, It's that simplistic, or Makuro's just a lying sack of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: kind of So, he's, he's telling him, yeah, he, he has to clean the dragon horn, but he can't actually blow it himself. So, he's not immediately trying to kill Victorian, at least. Um.
0: I don't know what the fuck he's trying to do.
1: That's where the arc ends. There's a, there is at least one sample chapter from Winds of Winter from Victorian's point of view, which is like, yeah. We won't talk about it though, because it's, it's kind um, of a whole, it's, it's, it's a very kind of like, uh, you know, in, uh, in Blackwater, you had all those chapters that, like, are obviously very set up for the battle. I
0: it think was... it's incredibly boring, to be honest. Mm. But whatever. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe it'll be more exciting in the context of all the other battle chapters. Yeah. Great. We'll see.
0: If you want to read it, read it. Um, We're not talking yeah. about it right now. The
1: battle of fire is going to be extremely long and involved. <sighs> but, oh, well, there'll be Arian chapters in there. I'm sure. Um,
0: we know of at least two.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Uh Arian too. Yeah. So that, that is, that okay. was our super high level recap. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is important to get into these details,
1: though. Mm-hmm, yeah, well, the details are kind of all there is in these chapters, Yeah. Right. Not okay, much so happens. Let's, let's talk about... We're, we're just going to start on the character arcs.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's uh, best. So we're going to start with Asha, because she's the most interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, It's a really big problem, her dance with dragon chapters. Yeah. I, I'm, like... I don't want to call it a mistake, but like,
0: it reminds me a little bit of how I felt about Quentin, where
1: no, because he had his own arc, even mm-hmm. like his chapters were about him. They weren't. They weren't about Danny
0: or yeah. anyone else. His chapters were about him specifically, and he had his own mm-hmm. journey. Even if you I mean, could...
1: the first like, the the Wayward Bride is definitely about her, but after that, like, like literally, like most of the chapter, like in terms of like volume, is Stannis' men arguing with each other. And it's so, an important window
0: to have, especially mm-hmm. with Davos being off doing his own Davos thing.
1: Yeah, but, like, you kind of have to question why this decision was made to use this character in this way.
0: Right, so, like, what we try to do when we think about characters is think about their character arcs. And mm-hmm. I really am drawing up a blank with what Asha's arc is. Because, like, there's certain things we can talk about. There's, there's how she views her womanhood. There's how she views the Iron Islands. You know, there's her plan, her path forward. There's a lot of nuances we could talk about, but
1: what's her development? Well, her development doesn't seem to be like, um, she seems to be like, uh, breaking down instead of building up. You know? Which
0: is fine. So that her character's arc is just getting increasingly
1: depressed. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, well, she seems to start with like not exactly high hopes, but like hopes. You know, like she thinks she has a chance to be queen of the Iron Islands and change things for the better. And then, like she thinks she, thinks... she might have a
0: chance with Theon um, still being alive.
1: Yeah. And and even like within within the Stannis chapters, like she kind of thinks that you know this battle will be over pretty quickly, and they, like they'll get to Winterfell. But then, like the situation gets worse and worse and worse, and she just thinks that she's like you know gonna die. In this, like, abandoned village in Bumpuck nowhere. Yeah,
0: like, her best hope right now is maybe we'll at least get to fight before I die.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not much of a character arc, I don't think, but... Well,
0: and, and I think what is really difficult for us is that
1: there
0: there's not really an internal journey we can point to. Yeah. For that reason. I mean, again, it's I not... I mean, this... like,
1: she thinks about things, you know? like Like, we get some insight into her character and her point of view of things and, like, what kind of made her the way she is. Mm-hmm. But... Which I think we touched on every time we covered the book, every time we covered the chapters, though. Yeah, like the way that she kind of relates to her family, and it's
0: interesting how she navigates this world,
1: but Mm. her plot is
0: just so utterly disconnected from herself in a way. Yeah,
1: I mean, maybe um, that's the point.
0: What what point does that make? (laughs) I don't know. It it truly is one of those cases where I don't even see what Martin's going for. Mm-hmm. And I think I usually at least try. Like, I mean, I I think she provides her perspective juxtaposed with her uncle's is a good commentary yeah. on the Ironborn way of life.
1: No, but like, I like I think like she has she basically only has one chapter in *Dance with Dragons* because the other chapters like are her from her point of view, but they're not part of her arc. Correct. And, like, you can make a very kind of clear connection between her last thoughts before the battle in Wayward Bride and the very last scene in The Sacrifice where she meets Theon. There's, like, a connection between that. But everything kind of in the middle was just kind of getting her physically there, as opposed to, like, getting her character there, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It was just really using
1: her eyes to tell a story. Mm -hmm. Which I I suppose is not invalid, but... I don't like the implications of it. I don't think.
0: No, and it's just it makes it it makes her a little bit of a difficult character to reconcile thematically. Mm-hmm. Is what I would say. You know, I think she's very meant to be juxtaposed against other women in the story, especially other women in power, like yeah. Cersei, like Arianne. Actually, is a huge yeah, one
1: for sure. Because
0: mm-hmm. they both are quote unquote fighting for their birthrights, right?
1: Yeah, but like in two completely different contexts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, you know, even Asha versus Danny, just the way that like Danny doesn't like the system. She sees the system, and she she
1: sees the futility and the the untenable nature of it. But yeah, then but her her, but, um, her arc is kind of about her like compromising herself. Yeah, I suppose Asha does compromise herself too because she doesn't like kneel to Stannis, right? She
0: does kneel to Stenis. So. But that is compromising herself, if that's what you... Yeah. She's compromising herself just by even buying into this bullshit, by even trying to, like, I have to emasculate these other men around me to get this claim. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know... Like, she's trying to... But she's not doing
1: that so much anymore in these chapters. No. She's just kind of, like, taking it like a tampon.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Well, because, like, it's it's literally... There's no man ever died from kneeling, so it hurt yeah. her pride. She specifically says it hurt my pride, but yeah. she doesn't because she stays alive, and then she kind of develops... I really like the subtle development of Alisane Mormon going from She-Bear to Ali. Like, I, yeah. d- I do really like that, but it, w- what's the commentary?
1: Yeah. Well, is she a feminist character? Asha?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not like she's... Asha herself is a feminist, but like as a literary character, is she a feminist literary character?
0: There are feminist takeaways from her arc, and there's definitely, I mean, she definitely just shines the light on the inherent hypocrisy of the Ironborn, I think, and of how just utterly unsustainable this lifestyle is. Mm -hmm. She is one of the only examples of positive consent in the books. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's certainly feminist themes at play.
1: Isn't it ironic that the one <laughs> example of of uh, positive consent is a rape fantasy? Oh, God, this place is fucked up. Okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess I just find the feminist critique that is existing in her chapters, I, d- I think it's there. Mm-hmm. But I just find it less accessible than, you know, like Cersei's chapters, where they kind of slap you in the face. Yeah, But... Is that fair to hold against Asha? I mean...
1: Well, like, the thing that we have about Asha is that we can't figure out exactly why... Like, it's not like we don't like her. But, like, you know, Ariane uh, she turns us into a puddle of feels. And yeah. Asha has never done that.
0: Asha just leaves us cold.
1: Yeah. And it's not because we don't like her or she's a badly written character. and We can't quite figure out why it is that she doesn't compel us.
0: I think it's just the her her pointed lack of an internal struggle. Like, she does distance herself from that, but, mm-hmm. you know... and but she not- does,
1: like, you know, she feels guilty about, like, not being able to talk Theon out of his stupidness and Yeah, she like feels that. like
0: a actual failure. Mm-hmm. She's, uh... Shouldn't
1: that move us, though? What's wrong with us? Yeah, I'm
0: gonna actually jump into and ask a little bit ahead of time, because this is, like, really, really, really on the nose with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll maybe get into a little more with the other chapters, but uh, her cone her coon uh, asked for your iron podcast. I can't help, but notice the role that the iron Island plays in the feast for crows to dance with dragons is very similar to that of Dorne. The almost entirely new narrative, the role of Damp damp Hair as... Damp Hair, sorry, as Hota, as detached narrators. I don't think Damp Hair is that detached. The probable future intersection with... I don't
1: think Hota is that detached. No. Um. (laughs) With Fanny and Griff.
0: But here's the part. Asha and Arianne as women who fight for the birthright while having sexual agency and combating infantilization. The Mm -hmm. commentary on society gender. Yet for all those aspects, the Dornish chapters were infinitely more compelling to me than the Ironborn one Ones, and i know you feel the same why do you think this is where does martin succeed in dorn and fail with the iron islands for me i personally thought the iron Islands' social prejudices were a bit too convert overt compared to mm-hmm. dornish protective paternalism um and also the more introverted Ariane versus extroverted asha
1: yeah so yeah like all of that <laughs> i think that dorn is a much more successful family drama. Like you can kind of see like the outlines of what's meant to be a kind of sort of a family drama in the Iron Islands too.
0: Yeah. But it's a family that doesn't seem to like each other.
1: Yeah. And not only that, but like they don't really have much to do with each other, you know, like, uh, Ash is very concerned about her mother, but her mother doesn't seem to know she exists too much. And like, no, but like, I think it is a lot about like how introverted Ariane is and how, much time she spends thinking about things, you mm-hmm. know, like thinking about like her relationship with Dora and like what he what he must think of her and like you know imagining like you know Quentin and what he's thinking and what their relationships are. I
0: mean, Ariane's thought process is is definitely scattered and definitely mm-hmm. a little like what the fuck, girl. Just like focus, but it's <laughs> it's fascinating because it's so yeah. thorough and detailed.
1: But like she does think about things, and Asha kind of like. I, I think it must be because like she's she's extrovert. She, she tries to like kind of you can kind of see her actively trying not to think about things. Yeah, in a way that Aryan is like always thinking, and you know, kind of like um, like she would, she would be a disaster at cognitive behavioral therapy because she always has these very <laughs> negative self thoughts. But Asha's kind of just like like. You know, she has, she has like, you know, negative, a negative perception of herself. She's very concerned about like, you know, her family and her kind of like, uh, the role that she has to fulfill, but like, she's kind of like, she shuts down thoughts and she externalizes things all the time.
0: Yeah, it's like her response when she, her stressors, like when she's stressed out, mm-hmm. she seems to seek like external gratification, which is fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Um, but Ariane, like, Removes herself from the situation, like to be by herself and just think shit out. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird. It's yeah, yeah. Maybe it is that external versus internal focus is one of them.
1: I mean, because there are people who find the Irons more interesting than Dorne. Yeah. So, like, this probably has to do with like our personality because you know the both of the both of us are rather introverted people,
0: and we're both rather obsessed with family dramas too.
1: Yeah. So. You know,
0: especially daddy issues.
1: I do think that Dorne, uh the Dorn plot is better structured than the Iron Islands, like from a literary perspective, mm-hmm. which I suppose is something you can disagree about, too. But it's definitely more focused. I mean, it has as many POVs, but it's all definitely about Aryan 100% of the time.
0: Yeah, well, not Quentin, but yeah.
1: Not, well, we're not really counting Quentin as a Dorn Plot when he's got to have has his own thing. Yeah. Um, we should do an episode about him one day.
0: Yeah, we really should. And, you know, the other I think the other thing, too, is maybe maybe this really did hit the nail on the head with, um, was it that the prejudices of the Iron Islands were just too, you know, they're yeah. just too much, too overt? Because, you know, we are seeing the deconstruction of this just rapey, violent, bullshit culture. Yeah. But in some ways... Yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like low-hanging fruit. I said, sub- I like, Dorne, like, the the kind of sexism that exists in Dorne is kind of like, you know, the kind of sexism that you kind of deal on the internet today. Like, it, a lot of it is very kind of insidious as opposed to, like, you know, people saying go back to the kitchen. But the Ironborn stuff is the go back to the kitchen stuff. And, like, the Dorne stuff is, paternalism. you know, like, man- mansplaining. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's the overt challenge to protective paternalism, and I think that's why Joy and I love daddy issues so much too, is because that's yeah. inherent. in any of that. mm-hmm. Um, or mommy issues. We're really not choosy, <laughs> but it's it's really just that refusal to be infantali- infantilized versus the refusal to be like raped and yeah. reduced to a life of thraldom.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, because there are people who like the Iron are- are- Islands more. So, you know, I don't want to say like, for, Dorne is better because, because like, you know, that is a matter of opinion, but.
0: Well, as long <sighs> as we're, as long as we're on this, I got, I got a mm-hmm. second ask because we're, we're jumping around anyway. A great joy ask here again. What is it that makes you feel so different about Dorne versus the Iron Islands? Is it relevancy to the overarching plot? Simply a case of Dorne being more in line with your general aesthetic for fiction, like Han and Leia or mm-hmm. something else? Um, I read your Dorne structure and try really, try really hard to enjoy it, but it's a struggle for me, so I'm trying to suss it all out.
1: Like Yeah, so this person obviously is not that compelled by Dorne, which, you know, is valid. So yeah. um
0: Definitely it's not really about relevancy to overarching plot. I at I
1: all. I think I, I think they're equally relevant, I think. Yeah, um
0: totally. And it's really it really, really, really is the family drama in Dorne that just mm-hmm. turns us into a ball of mush.
1: Yeah, and an is how And he, she's a very challenging literary character.
0: Yeah. And uh, I understand why that's not appealing for everyone.
1: Yeah. Cuz like yeah, she's a lot of work, George, please don't do that to us. <laughs> um mm-hmm. uh,
0: Those are just, you know, it's really funny that they're compared so often, Dorne and Iron Islands.
1: Well, it's kind of inevitable because like, you know, plot-wise, they do kind of serve the same function as like, you know, kind of expanding the theater and kind of examining the consequences. All those of new this characters. War. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there's the whole point of, like, Feast Dance is, like, you know, like, Roderick Threader says, it's about the crows squabbling over the corpse of Westeros. So you're kind of seeing the consequences because you have these, like, few players who've spent three books kind of just, like, you know, storming around Westeros, like, disturbing shit. And then Feast Dance is all about the consequences of that and you kind of, like, see the consequences beyond the small circle that we were dealing with, right? And the Iron Islands and Dorne is part of that, like, expanding theater. So. Just to see that, like, this this kind of shit has touched everyone, not just the people that we've been with for three books. At least that's what I think their function is supposed to be. <laughs> uh, oh, and no, that, just be mean, very-
0: that's what their function is, whether it's yeah. supposed to be or not. I mean, there's no denying that the, the scope got bigger.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, like... I mean, it is it is a question of our aesthetic for fiction, too. Of course, yeah, it
0: really just is our taste. But mm-hmm. you know, I think a large part of it is that Asha, you know, she was the character that we had the most chance of liking
1: mm-hmm. out of. And any it's of not these. that we don't like her, yeah, we, we, we like her, her,
0: but it's just she does not emotionally grab us in the same way that even Cersei emotionally yeah. grabs us. Speaking of characters who don't emotionally grab us, let's talk about Vic's arc.
1: <sighs> well, Vic has an arc; he's on a journey. Yeah, well he's on a little journey too, but like um his arc can be kind of very closely paralleled with Asha where like, you know, he thought he had a chance and then that was dashed away from him and so now he's kind of like trying to reevaluate and make a plan B. Isn't that um
0: I'm sure that's Aaron's arc also.
1: Yeah. Oh yay, we got we have we found something. Yay Is that the
0: point though? Is that the point that any of these three assholes would be happy if just one of them had compromised and teamed up with the other? Like well, though, Aaron and Vic were teamed up. It's just... Yeah. So And it's Ash just, is not
1: an asshole. Um,
0: no. so I don't know. I really didn't like her shaming Eric.
1: Is that really a deal breaker for you, Kylie? It just really upset me. Yeah?
0: Like, I get it, and I get that it's a toxic culture, and this is yeah. how... Like, this is a compelling argument. The man can't stand, so therefore he can't lead us. Meanwhile, you've got
1: Doran. Just like her uh, compelling argument against her is that she has a vagina, right?
0: Right, so. Exactly.
1: Yeah, like like it, it is, it is like you know one victim of this system shaming another. You're right, and mm. it's just I
0: love juxtaposing that to Doran, who's like really sick mm-hmm. and wheelchair ridden, and he's kind of you know he's got just these leal lords and yeah overwhelming martel privilege and then <laughs> no one no one's comment about erin is ever that she has a vagina even if she like tries to even if that's what she thinks about yeah. the conspiracy
1: but yeah so okay so we found the thematic connection between all of them yeah um but Vic is like uh like george martin has said that he's like as dumb as a stump or something like that right a dullard I think. Yeah, like we're not we're not projecting this onto him. Like the man is meant to be stupid. Um,
0: even Victorian, that oh, what was his phrase? It's like lunk or something. It's just, <laughs> I think dullard was what he said. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. He's his... a brute. Yeah, that I brute. Think. He's a he'd yeah. brute. Yeah. Even, yeah, he's like I love all okay. My characters, even Victorian, that brute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Victorian's really
1: stupid. He's supposed to be stupid. Mm-hmm. And. and- No, but, like, the idea that a man, like, that stupid, that unimaginative and normative can be so successful in this system, I think, is something. Just because, like, of his privilege, basically, that he's a man from the right family.
0: Yeah, and the same, I think the same is true with Aaron. I think they very closely parallel each other because Aaron is also unimaginative. He's just a little, like, a little more so than Vic. And he, instead of, like, the brutal, brutal violence route, he's like, okay, the the religion, I'm going to be successful on this front. So I'm not a fighter, I'm a priest.
1: Yeah, he's a fisher of the sea. But it's
0: also a commentary that he's so fucking stupid and full of bullshit,
1: but he's successful. Yeah, like, like these, these two men are, are both very full of bullshit. And you're, you're on, too. Yeah. But people, like, lap it up. Yeah. In the culture. And, and he, I'm yeah. in the fandom a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But, uh, and then you have Asha, who's making all these, like, reasoned arguments and trying to have nuance, and she's completely rejected. Not And not just because, because of her vagina. Not just because of that. Yeah, but then you have like Roderick, the reader, who's saying very similar things and isn't exactly embraced, but is accepted. Yeah, even Aaron says that his support was like a super big deal for Asha, right? So. Yeah,
0: and and his um his ideas maybe they're not embraced, but he he rabbled the people up and he mm-hmm. got Euron to change his plans, and that's not nothing.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's really not. Like, um, he's probably, like, done the most good <laughs> out of the spotlight, like, you know, in terms of actually reducing harm. Like, that one question he asked probably did the most.
0: Is he worth, is it worth talking, or maybe the most bad, because it probably would have been the doom of a lot of the Iron Fleet. It just depends on how you look at yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: suppose. Because um, now they're <laughs> raiding the shields. Yeah, well, they were doing that before, but now they're, like, raiding Old Town and Yeah. Causing a the big problem and, and
0: you know, Loras goes and charges into Dragonstone to free up his, the Red Wine Fleet and... All that stuff. Uh, So is it worth talking about Euron's arc? Does he even have an arc? Like, he's not a POV.
1: No, he's not a POV. Like, he's... Yeah, he definitely doesn't have an arc. But I think it's worth talking about the fandom reaction to Euron, though.
0: Yeah. uh, We got got an ask. A very long ask. With a lot of components that I don't think we'll be Mm -hmm. able to address all of them. But there's a... It kind of reminds me. There's all these crazy theories about Euron in the fandom. One is that... Like the Dario and Benjamin ones are just stupid. They're just pose laws. No, I think. The thing,
1: the thing that a lot of these theories have in common is that they seem to believe him.
0: Yeah. So Euron as a skin changer is actually something mm-hmm. kind of positive, like popular. He's got you know that creepy eye, like or that there's some sort of mystical power that Euron holds. is just yeah, very... well, that
1: they, he does seem to have some kind
0: of because he travels with wizards and he's yeah. high all the time. Yeah. So, you know. That reaction, I don't know if it's that people are projecting more onto him than is really there. I don't know, like people want someone really
1: cool and evil. Or yeah. But like the thing is that like to the two of us, he is obviously full of shit. Yeah. He ran away from Roderick. Yeah, like like the whole thing, like I've been to Valeria, like, no, dude, he has not been to Valeria, okay? Mm. I am almost entirely certain of this. <laughs>
0: Tell your theory, Joya.
1: What my my stupid theory about his... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, my theory is basically that he's not that good in bed at all, and he cuts the tongues out of the women that he rapes so that they won't tell him about, won't tell anyone about his erectile dysfunction. That's my theory.
0: Yeah. Which is just as valid as any other theory, if not Mm -hmm. more so, like you're on the skin changer. And because he, he says he had a dream and he talks about his dream in one of Vic's chapters where he can fly. And it's like, Mm -hmm. He's so full of shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, lots of people have dreams that they can fly. It doesn't mean that they're birds.
0: Yeah. And he also would say anything to Vic to get him to do his dirty work for him, basically. yeah. There's also these theories that, like, Euron is secretly tailing Victarian to Slaver's Bay, because that would be a thing that makes sense. Like, I think he's pretty convinced that whatever facet Vic... Brokers an alliance with Daenerys, he'll end up on top because he's just the smart Greyjoy. Yeah, I think so. Which is not wrong. No. Um, do well,
1: we? Well, because to- like, he knows that this this dragon horn will kill you if you blow it. and He probably figures that you're a uh, Victorian will be stupid enough to blow it. Um. He yeah,
0: he didn't he didn't foresee Mercur, I guess. I guess not. But um, you know, it, do we need to talk about the creaking door? Like that's pretty. Like, I think it's pretty obvious what's going on there. Um,
1: what do you think is going on there? I think he
0: like sexually abused Aaron as a kid,
1: and well, it's definitely not outside the scope of his behavior to just sexually abuse anyone he has the opportunity to. So why not? It was some sort of
0: abuse happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It might or might not be of sexual nature, I guess, but Aaron is triggered around him like that is. Yeah, we see that.
1: We yeah. See that from his point of so view. So was Victorian, because, you know, he was forced to kill his wife, poor guy. Yeah, um, actually, um, the asker
0: also wanted to know do you, we think Euron abused him besides raping Victorian's wife? Well, like, first of all, whether or not she was raped, I don't know. I don't I don't really want to talk about it. No, it's
1: it's not relevant at all. Like, one way or the other, it, it doesn't make what Victorian did to her any better. Yeah. Uh, so. And she doesn't. She doesn't have like an actual character at all, like to sketch that we can like you know say that if it's important or anything like that. Or Vic you know. had to conceive of it as raping. Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to Vic whether she was raped or not. That that's, that's not important.
0: What's important is that she had to die.
1: Yeah, and because like, You should feel really sad for him. This this was something that was done to him. So whether or not she was raped is just not relevant.
0: So like I don't really see in Vic's thoughts and how he behaves around you're on any evidence that there is abuse beyond this incident I think it's actually kind of icky to call his wife like what happened to his wife like Vic's abuse yeah Cause
1: well Vic certainly seems to think so
0: he's a victim of emasculation that's mm-hmm. not really the same thing it's not it's not like Tyrion being raped by proxy by Tywin at all No, you know, you know what I'm saying yeah so, I don't know. I think, I just think it's so weird that people are that interested by Euron. I just don't get it. Mm. I think the reread of anything else, like, it just highlights how full of shit he is.
1: Yeah, and I I, know, I don't, I don't find, like, this whole, like, badass thing that compelling anyway. Maybe that's, you know, just me and my tastes, but, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't see the appeal you know, like the badass pirate thing. Like, no, oh, I, he ki- he kills men. Like, no, I don't find that appealing. Um, yeah, and I or don't, interesting, think, I or don't anything. think
0: um Martin would write a villain Sue also. No. There's also all these theories about your unmarrying Cersei, and I don't know what this is. Just stop.
1: Well, people are theorizing because uh the author has said that there'll there will be like several people kind of playing uh musical chairs with the Iron Throne. Uh, in the last two uh in the last two volumes and there's no reason why your eye shouldn't be one of them um so okay. that's not stupid and i, I guess like
0: i he- feel like it comes out of this like sexist fandom desire to punish cersei honestly
1: yeah it definitely definitely does <laughs> but uh the idea that they'll be like in the same physical location isn't stupid so uh yeah
0: all right let's jump into a few more asks um Oh, one thing I meant to say was that in my weird Feast for Crows uh, defense post, I tried to talk about, like, the thematic significance of each one, and for the Iron Islands, I was like, I don't know. I think it's the deconstruction of violence, because it really just holds up the lens to how untenable this lifestyle is. And how
1: how destructive it is, like, even to the people who practice it.
0: Like, would you say that's fair as the overarching theme still? In A
1: Feast for Crows, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and then it's the Dance of Dragons just like failing, switching plans? Like Yeah. Or it
1: just
0: I, I really think them it's as a little book, too so.
1: set up y. Yeah. The problem with the Iron Board stuff and Dance with Dragons, it's it's just too set up and not enough like actualness. Like this is this like that's a criticism of Beast Dance like altogether. But I think in, in those particular five chapters in Dance of Dragons, I think that's a very valid criticism.
0: And to be fair, I mm-hmm. love *A Dance with Dragons*. I will defend it with my life. Mm-hmm. But the two battles, the battle of ice and the battle of fire, like the battle for Winterfell, I should say, and the battle of fire that are coming up, like mm-hmm. were supposed to be in *A Dance with Dragons*.
1: Well, at least one of them was.
0: Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that these two are the setup. Like they're they're the most intimately involved with these, you know. Yeah. So, but like everything else was. I, I don't know. I I love dance so much.
1: Yeah. I mean, the and Danny it, stuff definitely wasn't set up. So. No. Um, now I now I just want to do
0: our defense post of our defense our defense podcast about We that. have we have time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, let's uh, just jump right. Yeah.
0: In. But uh but you do think that that's a fair
1: overarching theme. In feast for sure, I think. But just yeah, 'cause like This is why I like Feast so much too. You have you have this kind of like ideal that they're trying to live up to. That's just it 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 ends up with like Trump being elected, you know? So uh, yeah, yeah. That's how okay. that's how that plot line kind of ends. So,
0: all right, let's let's get to we a few more asks. Um, mm-hmm. one is I want an in depth analysis on the monkeys. <laughs> uh,
1: the monkeys.
0: They're just monkeys flinging yeah. shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, They they represent Victorian's uh, view of anything that's not within the scope of his understanding.
0: They're symbolic
1: monkeys. <sighs> yeah.
0: <laughs> There's this one. I'm gonna try and find it for you. It was on DeviantArt, and I don't know if I can find it. But it was Victorian just reacting to everything like crazy, demon monkeys,
1: stupid,
0: wrong <laughs> gods, and it's just hilarious. I'll, I'll try. I'll try to find it and link it for you guys <laughs> if
1: mm. I can. Okay, so we have three asks. You want to do them all?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, My opinion, even though it's not really an opinion, just well-intentioned snark, doesn't matter as one lonely anon. Of course you matter. But considering how much time y'all spend on Dorne, the shade on the Ironborn seems unnecessary, no? Like, it's not a bad story, but for a lot of folks, the family drama of Dorne is
1: equally equally as off-putting. What? It is a bad story, he says. Or they. Like, it's a bad story. But for a lot of folks the family drama of Doran is equally off putting. So he agrees or Oh. I don't know why I'm assuming this person is a male, but um they agree that it's a bad story, but they say that
0: I don't really think it's a bad story. I just think it's um I'm just a little wheel spinning to like tie it into everything else and feel Mm -hmm. drawn to it.
1: So we do we do snark on these chapters though. Yeah,
0: we snark at everything. So. But was it a lot of shade on the iron board? I mean, it's shade on the iron board culture for sure. Yeah, like, I will not talk. To- I will not not I, toss shade. I on. I, I
1: will uh, look askance at anyone who doesn't vilify this culture. Anyone who's glorifying this culture, I will kind of look askance at you.
0: But yeah, I can totally uh,
1: accept that the family drama isn't compelling for everyone. Of course, of course.
0: It's, there's no accounting for taste. I don't. No. I don't think it's a bad story. I really don't. I think it's a story about bad people. Yeah. Um. And not Asha, but the uh, the nuncles are not particularly flattering humans. No. But I don't know. We're not just tossing shade for shade's sake. It's like, it's shade on, on, like, you know, Aaron being like, but vagina. I mean. Yeah.
1: But I mean, like, I do but- think that, like, structurally, this is weak. Or weaker than most of other Martin's work. I do. I do agree with that. And, and, I-, and I do like think a- that's something worth discussing. And, like, why that is and the effect that it has on the narrative. So... I don't think shade is kind of like, you know, not constructive. And well, I think the effect we're on the narrative, like,
0: the, these were characters we weren't invested in already mm-hmm. because these were characters we didn't really know. Even Asha, like, we saw her through Theon's eyes, but you're really not, it, It's it's different having a new point of view, right? Yeah. So I think Martin didn't do a very wonderful job of making us
1: want to care about them,
0: which is probably largely the point.
1: Yeah. In some ways. Well, because it's, uh, in uh, Clash of Kings, it was all about how Theon w- was, uh the word I'm looking for? He was alienated. Yeah. And he couldn't relate to these people at all. And that was, the like, the point was kind of othering them, even from someone who's supposed to be one of them. So... And, the
0: th- and the thing is that, unlike the Dornish, when the Dornish are super othered, obviously, mm-hmm. but when you get in the Dornish point of views, it breaks that down so much. And you're like, oh, they're normal people. Okay. Yeah. Got it. but. When you get into the Greyjoy point of views, it's like, oh, everything Theon was thinking was accurate. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so it's it's like the kind of, um, in kind of the same way that getting into Cersei's head sort of conform- confirmed, like, the shitty stuff about her. Yeah. But is that being unfair? I don't, <sighs> I don't know. What it did for the overarching story, and I hate to say this, but- there is a large fandom conception that a feast for crows and a dance with dragons are meandering and Mm -hmm. too detailed. And perhaps the addition of two additional theaters, obviously Julie and I have our preference for which one we'd rather read about. Mm -hmm. I think that is something hard to overcome.
1: Yeah. But like, I don't like when we talk about like, you know, the Dorn stuff in a feast for crows or Quentin's arc, or, you Mm -hmm. know, like even, like, just things that, or like Melisandre's chapter, like, things that aren't strictly necessary but have just so much li- literary value
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, like, you don't, like, you can't really call them useless or anything like that, but... um I wouldn't call this useless. Yeah, I mean, because plot-wise, plot it does have a function and an important one. But... I actually really like Asha's chapters, mm-hmm. the
0: ones that have nothing to do with Asha. I really do like them. <laughs> yeah. I was actually like getting teary-eyed listening to it on my commute because just the way the Northern Lords are like, we are getting Arya, like we're getting Ned Stark's daughter, and it's like, okay. But again, you know, there's merit to them, but yeah, I I am struggling to connect it on a larger scale. Mm. And this is really the only.
1: Like, does does Victorian need a point of view? Do we need that point of view, really? Demon monkeys. Yeah, like, do we do we have? do we have to have his like you know xenophobic travel log?
0: Do we need Aaron? Honestly. Yeah. Do any of these characters justify themselves? Outside of maybe Asha, she's a useful window, but
1: Yeah, well Asha Asha definitely justifies herself in my opinion. But Well Victorian gives us Like did we did we need neuron... like we could have seen all that Kingsmoot stuff that we saw through Vic and Aaron through Asha.
0: Um But then we couldn't have seen the stuff with the shields.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: It's a little getting into tattered Prince and Quentin kind of yeah. territory, you know what I mean? But but Quentin had his own complete arc, mm-hmm. in a way that Victorian just didn't.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean Victorian had like an arc, but it wasn't. I don't know. Is,
1: is is this one of those wait and sees? I'm happy to give Martin the benefit of the doubt. I am. Yeah, he's earned that definitely. But um, yeah, like there there is like the the setup criticism. I think even if it doesn't apply completely to Feast Dance as a whole definitely applies to, I think, at least the Ironborn chapters in A Dance with Dragons. I think yeah. I've said that already.
0: <laughs> um, you have. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> alright.
1: Let's 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 jump into, we've got two more. Mm-hmm. Did
0: the Ironborn living in such a toxic and damaging culture have finished responsibility for how terrible they end up, or should they have the same moral responsibility as people from healthy environments?
1: Uh, well, this book was uh, written in, uh, 2011. <laughs> hmm
0: So... <laughs> well, Feast was written in 2006.
1: Yes, yep. 2005. 2005, um, five, yeah, sorry. We're, we're sure not those, big on those, moral relativism. Yeah, I'm sure those were turbulent six years in society, but not that much. Um, um, excuse me, Obama. <laughs> well, it doesn't suddenly, like, you know, change uh, the way that uh, I think the audience is meant to look at this kind of culture. Yeah, we're,
0: we're not moral relativists. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear what Martin's – Martin's not trying to be like, well, what can they do? Yeah. These poor men. Like. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, all right. I mean, like, it's, it's definitely like supposed to discuss the way that like this kind of toxic culture kind of like turns people, like justifies people's shitty behavior. But that doesn't mean that they're absolved of responsibility. Absolutely not. So. No.
0: And that, that's not the point of the series. No. Either. The absolutely. point of the series is kind of about the intersection of personal and political. Mm-hmm.
1: Something like bit. that.
0: Yeah. How much human action really, really matters to dictate fate things. And then, but
1: you know, you do have Asha, you do have Roderick the reader who kind of showed that, like, that uh, buying into this isn't inevitable, even if you're born into it. So.
0: Well, Asha doesn't buy into it, but
1: she still navigates
0: it. Roderick doesn't buy into it, but he tries to navigate against it. It's just because he's a man and he can.
1: Yeah, that's definitely part of it, too. Yeah. Um,
0: Okay, and then the final one uh, this is a bunch of asks clumped together, and we're sorry, we're going to be a little snarky with this, but could you discuss how Victorian's going to die? Because I think he's going to. Also, Will Asher rule the Iron Islands by the time the series ends? Who is your least favorite Greyjoy? Who is worse, Victarion or Euron?
1: Um, the one question, who is your least favorite Greyjoy? I, I think we can answer that one. Um, yeah, pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, it's Aaron. He's awful. Yeah. <laughs> and who's worst Victarion or Euron? Um, I don't know how constructive that question is.
0: What By what metric?
1: Yeah, by which metric and uh, what would like, what would be illuminated if we answer the question?
0: I mean, I guess I would rather... If I had to, like, be around one of them, I guess I would rather Victorian.
1: Yeah, he's less likely to rape me because he's into the monogamous rape. Mm -hmm. So, unless I'm very unlucky, he probably won't rape me in particular. So, Mm -hmm. yay, but,
0: uh... And you can, like, control him pretty easily. Well, no, we're we're women. We're women, so yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, uh, by what metric? Mm -hmm. I think, I think Euron has a better chance of getting into a Mensa meeting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, as for the other two questions,
1: uh, but it's it's our taste. We do not like speculating about really where don't. the series um, is going.
0: Will Asha rule the Iron Islands? She doesn't seem to think so. She thinks yeah. that she's been defeated twice, and that's it. That's a death. Yeah. In the, that's a nail in the coffin. Um, and then Victorian, you know, all men must die. So yeah, I
1: Whatever. I don't have my copy of A Winds of Winter with me. But. So yeah, we can't really talk about. We, did, we just really don't die. like
0: speculating. It's our own taste. I get um, yeah. asked every single day who's going to sit on the Iron Throne. I'm like, I really, someone, maybe someone. Um, yeah. I babysat this, these two boys. One was seven and one was three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the younger of the two, Ryan, we, he really liked Where's Waldo? Cause his brother was really into it, but he was too young to get it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, Ryan, where's Waldo? And he'd go, maybe somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very wise little boy. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty it's pretty cute. Um but yeah, I don't know. Uh you know, I can easily tell you who our favorite Greyjoy is, It's definitely mm-hmm. Theon.
1: <laughs> um Yeah. I don't have the favorites. I think I like Asha more than I like Theon, but oh, he's yeah. definitely like, a bigger with
0: actually.
1: Asha. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking as mm-hmm.
0: characters. It's yeah. The same way Cersei's our favorite Lannister, but
1: Yeah.
0: I'd probably rather get a beer with Jamie.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I'd know I'd want a beer with Cersei. Come on, let's have some wine. <laughs> She can bitch about everyone else.
1: Yeah. Would you like to take a bath with Thirsty or not? Be honest. Oh,
0: that... I would... I totally would. Okay. Who, who am I kidding? I, w- I would, I would be... take a bath with
1: Jamie, so there we go.
0: I'll be her Tyena Merriweather. <laughs> I will do that. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, our favorite Ironborn is Roderick, because
1: mm-hmm. how can he not be? Can We stand for him. Yeah. I mean, he's
0: just a meta book nerd. I love him. Mm-hmm.
1: We... <laughs> We're into meta-book nerds. Or book nerds in general. But
0: I think, I don't know, do you have any closing thoughts on the
1: uh, Ironborn? No, just, um, I hope that we did this justice.
0: We We really, really tried to look at the themes and tried to be as fair as possible. Um, And maybe it is a benefit of the dot kind of situation, and Winds of Winter will really, like, have this great sort of cohesive arc for them that, you know, converges or something. And it's, you know, I don't want to rule anything out. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it is obviously set up. I don't know how many times I can repeat that, uh, so, but um, I, I can't say that I'm like wonderfully looking forward to like seeing all this being brought to fruition in so winter, like the battle of ice and the battle of fire are not the things I'm most excited about. Definitely in that book. Well, um, I've,
0: I've read arian one and two the sample chapters mm-hmm. uh at least 25 times each <laughs> but if i were at a reading with george r barton and he's like should i do arian one or read this uh never read before aaron chapter i'd be like yeah arian
1: yeah. <laughs> um, in a heartbeat yeah and uh, i know there, there has been a lot of specula- speculation about where the plot is going and uh the things that uh the unnamed TV show are going to do and things like that. Which is
0: kind of why we wanted to look closer at this, too, just so we we had that baseline knowledge moving forward.
1: Yeah, when we're critiquing other wonderful, wonderful adaptational choices.
0: And before you're the lesbian.
1: Mm -hmm. And before you're on 2i. Yeah. Of course, of course, they would focus on him. Of course.
0: (sighs) I bet they think he's really cool.
1: Mm -hmm. He's been to Valeria, don't you know?
0: Well, I mean, who hasn't been to Valyria in Game of Thrones? It's like a little <laughs> shitty river. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Reavers are, you know, a bummer, but <laughs> yeah, that. The Reavers is in uh, Firefly. Sorry. Yeah. Which is a much better show. You
1: should, you should all stop watching Game of Thrones and watch that. It's on Netflix. Oh, good. Tristan.
0: thank you for crinkling this bag just as we're finishing up. That's uh, great. Do you hear that?
1: No. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do now.
0: Yeah, he's like rolling around in his Whole Foods bag. (laughs) Whatever, my poor son went through surgery. No, no, they they just pulled a nail out. (laughs) He's traumatized. I'm sorry, we're getting kind of distracted. But like, we we really did try to do this justice. Mm -hmm. We really did try to look at themes and point and all that. I don't think I'm being unfair. I really. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's there's stuff here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think we've touched on most of it. Um, There is stuff here. Yeah, and these these characters, like uh, in terms of characterization, they're quite well written. I will say that. Yeah. Um, I just don't particularly like the characters. I don't. (laughs)
0: They're they're great, great, great. When you want to talk about unreliable narrator, like they're great to point to to be like, look at their biases because they're pretty obvious.
1: Yeah. Like especially Victorian, he's just hilarious. He's just so dumb. And like, like when people try to speculate about stuff with Victorian, like it's like he cuz he's so dumb that makes him so unreliable cuz you have like no like like just things that he refuses to see and things like that. He could
0: know, like, like run into Barry and Barry would be like do this and he'd be like okay. <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah. There's really no way to judge. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I really think that's all there is to be said on them. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. But yeah, let us know your thoughts. If you think we did okay, if we're missing some like obvious theme, if we're being unfair about Ash's arc, whatever it is, uh, and then definitely let us know like what other uh, episodes you want to hear us do. Like we said, we want to really be focused on *A Song of Ice and Fire* for a while, and yeah, something pisses us off extra.
1: I we'll have we'll have another uh, other platforms for that if something does so.
0: Is our next podcast going to be a feast for crows, dance of dragons, defense post? Because I'm feeling that.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm feeling that. Uh, I am feeling that really. Uh, we, we yeah. have to do Quentin at some point too.
0: We'll do Quentin for sure, because uh, we did a reread and, on it. Uh,
1: the Riverlands and feast dance. And, and
0: we're it. gonna we're gonna let ourselves do Arianne Doran at one point. Yeah. When we're ready to like you know chug Red Bulls and spend all day. So. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, uh, you know, email us any suggestions or feedback whatever at unabashedbooksnobbery at com or drop into our inboxes i am got gifts and musings and she has the cultural vacuum i yes, forgot I to say that i forgot to say that at the top of this hour
1: did you well they all know that at the top of this hour i'm cute <laughs> we are cute
0: <laughs> but yeah i guess we will talk to you next time and thank you for listening
1: goodbye everyone goodbye
0: Martell interlude. Huh. Jesus. Fucking Greyjoys.
1: Mm hmm. So, what do we. Do you have nothing in the Martell interlude? hmm. You have nothing in the Martell interlude, note wise. Oh, this isn't
0: for the podcast. This is just for our own sanity. Oh. Just appreciate the gif. <laughs> <sighs> just imagine that that could be Damon. Oh my god. Like, that could totally be his role. Maybe it will be. How much you want to? How would you want to bet? That's uh, Ariane talking to Griff. <laughs> Your story makes no sense. And Damon's like, "Okay, princess, let's go back and discuss this with you casually disrobing, like you do." Ah, uh, okay.